Welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode 200. See you as always, you. as always, I'm Matt, your aunt. We're going to talk about some shit. He-Man's a racist now. He-Man! In blackface. Yeah, this is the blackface He-Man. Yeah, that um, that was a gift for you for Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it, oh, it's got a good neck articulation, though. Is yeah. that the old rubber band? You can um, you can pop off parts and put them onto other figures. Oh, right, cool. So you could make it culturally appropriate, he Well, you can make it funnier by just putting this head on regular He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. He's got like it's a double ball joint. It's like oh, that's a, cool. Yeah, it's quite yeah. it's quite smart. Actually, quite high quality. Yeah, they're good. Decent. Not bad for the for. I don't a, want to collect. I, you don't want to collect. Well, I'm just going to buy you one of those each year. I'm not going to buy you They've a got different a one coming out soon. I might I'm, have to buy Mechanic. I'm but. not going to buy a different variation of that figure. I'm going to buy you that exact same figure every <laughs> year. Oh, there's, there's a classics version as well. Is there? That came out in the 2000s. Oh right. No, I'm just going to get you that one because that looks the most racist. Mm. Also, I like the fact they didn't change his hair colour. Like, <laughs> well, his hair colour's a different colour. Is it? I thought yeah, he man's blonde. Oh, so he is. He's the anti-Eternia He-Man. He comes from anti-Eternia. Right. And that's yeah. why he's black. Yeah. That's What's a coincidence. <laughs> he was going to a party. <laughs> Fancy dress party. Oh, right. Yeah, and then he became the Prime Minister uh, when, of Canada. When Skeletor and Clawful pulled him through into... There's a comic book that comes with it. It shows yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Sun Man saves the day. He's like, what the shit is this racist? <laughs> Sun Man's like, alright, we're not remaking Soul Man in Eternia today. He turns up and goes, what the what the fuck are the crackers and up to? Like, He-Man's like, I took a pill. It's a magic tanning pill. <laughs> so that I could get a grant for, for people of colour. People don't talk about the film Soul Man enough in relation to modern society. Soul Man? Have you not heard of this film? I mean, yeah, but... Have you heard of Soul Man the film? Yeah, but I don't know. Do you know what the plot is? Film? I can't remember. The guy takes an experimental tanning pill to be black oh. and then steal a steal a um uh what's it called? Um what's it called when you get financing from like a third party because you're like a person of colour? A grant. He was doing it to steal a grant for African American students. Yeah, right. And James Earl Jones is like, What am I doing in this movie? <laughs> I'm far too good for this shit. But I am in it. No, a contrary to popular belief, James Earl Jones is not. <laughs> he's not too good for any of this shit. He'll do anything. Yeah, he's one of the one of the the probably the most offensive parts <clears throat> of it is where he gets his hair permed and dyed black, because that is how he. Because obviously he's got white person hair. Who plays him? Uh, Andrew McCarthy, I want to say, but it's no. probably not Andrew McCarthy. No, that's it's, why he's not in much. Actually, after. Mike, it might be Michael Bean. Michael Bean. Mister Bean. No, uh, Michael B. Michael Bine from Bean from Terminator. What? Nah. Yeah, I think it is. Nah, that's not his jam. Uh, Although I would. No, C. Thomas Howe. C. Thomas Howe. He looks very similar to Michael Bean. Michael Bean wouldn't do that sort of thing. Leslie Nielsen's in it. Yeah, good for him. Eric Gross is in it. Yeah. Julia Louise Dreyfus is in it. <laughs> Wait, this has a good cast. <laughs> MC Gainey's in it. So yeah, Soul Man, if you haven't seen it, kids, don't watch it. <laughs> it's bad. I'm a Soul Man. That song came out before the movie, don't worry. Oh my god, right, <laughs> the tagline. <laughs> has two taglines on the poster. Can you guess one of the taglines? 
it's like, for the film Soul Man. One of them's just saying we didn't. <laughs> someone else made this, not us. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> Do you want to give you one of them? Right, a comedy with heart and soul available on Disney Plus. <laughs> it's guess who's coming to college? Uh huh. <laughs> Referencing that classic, Cindy Poitier. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Bernie Mac. Yeah. Zoe Saldana. Yeah. She's a nice shape. Yeah. Yeah. Guess who's coming to dinner? They remade that. Yeah, they did. They reversed it, didn't they? Wow. They made it so it was a white guy coming to dinner. Because it was originally Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier? Poitier? <laughs> anyway. You've got and... a copy of um, Seven Degrees of Separation. Oh, right. right. I thought you were going to say Soul Man. Have you ever seen Seven Degrees of Separation? Is it the one with Will Smith? Yeah, where he pretends to be Sydney Poitier's yeah, yeah, um, yeah, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tries to get in with the socialites and stuff. And yes. It's all about how they're all just they're just desperate to be with famous people. So I saw that <clears throat> in the same weekend that I saw the one with Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg, where he's Whoopi Goldberg's biological father, but Whoopi mm-hmm. Goldberg had. Uh, but it's the other one, Will Smith. It's the same year. Will Smith is in both films. One was Ted Danson's not old enough to be Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg's older than Ted Danson, isn't she? No, the same age. Are they? Yeah. How would he be her They were dating in real life. That's weird. He went to the... Okay, speaking of blackface, (laughs) he went to the MTV Awards in blackface as a joke when he was dating her. Anyway, what are you going on about? We're talking about Ted Danson. (laughs) Is this how you're going to keep the intro? No, 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 no. How did you even get onto a blackface tangent? Because we're talking about your He-Man figure that you like. Yeah, nineteen ninety three. Ted Danson went to the uh, went to went to. Uh, oh, actually, uh, let's have a look. Oh no, that's a one of the government officials was in a clan photo. That's a different thing. Different thing. Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In October nineteen ninety three, Ted Danson appeared at the Friars Club roast of his then girlfriend Whoopi Goldberg, with his face painted dark brown and a wide white strip circle, a white strip encircling his mouth. Yeah. He used the N word more than a dozen times in his rowdy routine. Talked in explicit details about their sex life. Talked about having her clean his parents' house and ended the set by eating from a tray of watermelon. Ted Danson. <laughs> good. Good. Everybody friend. loves him now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> found out she was a lesbian. Is she? Yeah. I think I don't think she is. She's gay. Is she gay? Whoopi Goldberg's gay. Right, well, I'm going to Google that. You're first this week, Ant, so why don't you review something? Can we call this the Is Whoopi Gay episode? No. Whoopi Goldberg's gay. No. I don't know if she is, you know? Yeah. Oh, don't want to put gay in capitals. That's going to link me to a bunch of wrongs. You're just going to leave silence for ages. No, your first review. No, I want you to come to your conclusion. Uh, Can't just segue because you'll be interrupting stuff. It's not hard to search. Well, it's actually it's actually considerably harder than you'd think. Yeah, uh, that's what she said. What are you doing? I'm trying to find out if she's gay. Does it matter? Hours of silence that you're just... Look, right, look, sorry. I'm trying to find out... Um, okay, I don't know, there was nothing... Type in, does Whoopi Goldberg is gay? Uh, yeah, and it's like, there are a lot worse things people could have accused me of, things that would really be upsetting. That's not one of them. 
Never has been. I grew up in a theatre, uh, so I never understood people freaking exactly. out Exactly, she grew up in the theatre. Everybody's so damn paranoid about everything. They're so concerned about people are going to be like, so what What happens if they do? Uh, I don't care. don't care because I'll probably be wrong. A virus uh, gay. Uh, with all the... She is now. Yes, she met a lady. Hmm. Oh, she doesn't confirm. Somebody's going to think I'm gay. It's like, you'd be lucky if someone thought you were gay. That's my response to everyone. Hmm. So she's not gay, Anne. Doesn't identify as gay, you bigot. You fucking bigot, assuming someone's sexuality. I told you. I'm on, I, I've got my finger on the pulse of the LGBTQ community because I help so much. Um, and yes, Elvira is gay. I do, you do. Elvira is gay. She, I read her autobiography. She's an yeah. incredible woman. She went to the gym. She saw she's someone. An incredible woman, all right. For... She, she went to the gym, and in in her story, she said she tells it quite endearingly now. But like when it happened, she was like, "I feel like the way that I told the story initially was a bit, you know, a bit difficult." But she went to the gym. She saw someone working out. She's quite attracted to them. She was married at the time, but that marriage sort of was at the end and falling apart. So she was going for a divorce. And she saw this person. She was very attracted. She's like, "Oh, who's that? I'm into, I'm into this." And it turns out it was a lady. She didn't know until after she'd been attracted to them. And she was like, you know, I've never thought about it. Like, you often do, like in Hollywood, you experience a lot of things. But I'd never considered that. Um, I'd always just been with men. And then she was like, well, I spoke to her. And it turns out, you know, the sex is great. <laughs> but yeah, Elvira, gay. Well, not gay, bi, I think. I think she identifies as bi. I think she still dresses up as Elvira all the time. And she's know. still hot. Still yeah. rocking it. Yeah. yeah. Her daughter is very attractive as well. Oh. Yes. Been Googling her daughter. No, she was in a documentary about Elvira. Wow. Because Elvira was on an episode of Ru- RuPaul's Drag Drag Race, so I like did a deep dive back on the old Elvira stuff because I hadn't watched I'd watched her movie when I was when I was a kid because it was on sci fi all the time during and, and yeah, Elvira was a big star when I was yeah. a kid. Everywhere. There's video yeah. games. Um yeah. Elvira video games, comic books, movies, T V yeah. stuff. And she owns all the rights to it. It's mm. really fucking clever. She's a bit like Prince in that sense. She was like she <coughs> owns the rights to all the Elvira stuff, so she's millionaire at this point. Sweet. Um, but she did have to struggle like early on. I'm like there's a lot of horrible buy shit. An Elvira in her dress past. And yeah, go own for the it. rights to Go for it. <laughs> Aunt Vira. Yeah. Uh, Aunt Vira. You could be like yeah. Go get yourself like a Mr. Pitler, Mr. Plink everywhere. Plink it, Plink. Plink it. Plink it, yeah. Get the grey wig. Yeah. And then you should be like, hey, ghouls and girls. Is that your Plink it impression? No, that was like a... It's like a really bad <laughs> Tales from the Crypt Crypt Keeper. <clears throat> no, Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Crypt Keeper's more like Skeletal. <laughs> no, like... It's like hello, it? ghouls and girls. Yeah, it's like, hello, ghouls and girls. Yeah. yeah, there you go. A bit Alan Oppenheim, a little bit Mark Hamill. He... Did you know the guy that originally did the voice of the uh, Crypt Keeper in the 90s series recently revived that role? Can you guess what he did it for? Money. Some sh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Mm, well done. Is that you... quick wit they come for? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he did it for a... <laughs> You killed me. Uh, I did it for a shitty internet company in the UK. Oh. It's just like an audio thing, but and then he also redid it like shortly after that. He redid it for that Halloween thing that I reviewed. You know the not the Dan Harmon, the Justin Roiland Halloween thing that was on Disney Plus. Oh. It was actually really good, way better than it deserved to be. Um, it's actually worth checking out if you haven't. But it's just like short films made by different creators. Oh. So there's like one by like the people that did um, Smiling Friends and stuff. No. Like they all have their own little what about the people who did Happy Tree Friends? No, they aren't around anymore, are they? <laughs> they're they're Titmouse now, aren't they? 
Man, I don't know. They had that money from the friggin' YouTube thing. You have to watch the Happy Tree Friends video every time you get a copyright strike on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah, still a thing. You no. gotta watch their Happy Tree Friends video about how copyright strikes like 15 years after anyone gave a shit about Happy Tree Friends. There's one. There's I've one, had to watch it multiple times. There's one um, short where it's like there's a serial killer, like a Leatherface style character, that's like chasing these people through this like cabin. And the person's like just about to die and their phone goes off and the guy stops and he goes like, well, you might as well answer it. You're about to die anyway. And he's like, he's like, wait, oh my God, it's my oncologist. What is it? And then he's like, I need to get to a hospital. <laughs> and the serial killer drives him to a hospital and he's sitting next to him whilst he's waiting and the doctor's like, I'm really sorry, but if we if we try, we can probably beat this. And the serial killer's helping him go for chemo and surgery and everything. And there's like a moment, like a really tender kiss by a fire and all this other stuff. And I guess the end goes, goes, is it good news, doctor? And he's like, yeah, you're cancer free. And he's like, <gasps> and they're like looking at each other. And it's just like, it cuts to like a front end shot of each character. And then the guy's face just suddenly drops and the camera pans down. He's got mache through him. And then, and then the doctor's just like, oh my god, oh my god, and the serial killer's like standing above with a machete, and then the doctor's like, hello? Oh, it's my oncologist. <laughs> and then the serial killer just smiles. Is like, that your review of whatever the oh, show Oh, it was, was just great. It was just a great little short. It's just fantastic. Anyway, your review, Ant. Your first this week. 100, uh, 200, 200 episode. Yeah, 200 episode. Whee! We're doing nothing special, right? No, we are. We're going to review something very big. Oh. The latest and greatest movie. It's oh. going to save cinema. Yeah. Oh. My review ah. of the movie ah. that might save cinema. Yeah. I hope it doesn't, because no. I don't want cinema to look like this. No. <laughs> go, go, your review. Played Neve Speed Unbound. Oh, wow. Uh, except free trial on EA Play. Did it feel bound? What? Did it feel well, the bound film, or the unbound? Film bound. It's a racing game by Criterion. Yeah. Who did... Um, like burnout, they haven't done a Neve Speed game for a few How years because for it? some reason they've been on Battlefield for the last few years. I don't know what that's all about because that's not exactly what I expect with Criterion. No, um, well, they did do Black years ago, didn't they? Which people liked Black. There was meant to be a sequel to Black that got no, cancelled. No, they never, they never got to the sequel stage. I think they got to the planet. I stage. was working there. When they did. did it not? Did they not work? Sh- like there was someone who was saying that they got to the point where they were planning it. Yeah, but then, like, you Didn't know... Didn't materialise. You're probably planning what you're going to have for dinner tomorrow. So you might not no, be not sitting, really. Uh, no, and it's really hard to find human hearts, yeah. like, a day ahead of time. Can't really do a meal prep when you're a cannibal. Anyway, um, needs to be unbound. Um, it's the usual... Like a lot of racing games these days, open-world, city-based racer, lots of street Oh, it's open-door, though, It's open-door, though. Can you get a car? <clears throat> you start off with a Subaru. Oh, well, I started with a Subaru, because, you, you know, of course, I'm going to start with an Impreza. Yeah. Because it's like, but um, it's you know it's a fun thing. You get like your characters. It's got this um, it's got a story mode going on about it, about people trying to build up the rep of the garage they work out, and they start taking part in street racing and stuff. And there's some dramas on the way. Um, <gasps> Not dramas. It's got it's it's sort of got its own little visual hook to it. Johnny dramas. Um, all the characters, all the human people in it. When you see them walking around the streets, are in cutscenes, all like cell shaded comic book art style. Oh, that's cool. And the cars, when they race, the like smoke and stuff like that that comes out. The cars all looks like hand drawn two D art. It's three D, but it's like done to look like graffiti type stuff. Mm. Um, and like when you hit a jump, a jump like graffiti wings pop out the side of the car. And oh, cool. There's all sorts of stuff like that. Like lots when you hit like the turbo, kinetic, you get lightning. Well, like, lots of yeah. kinetic, like. But, um, ADHD style. I've seen some people going, oh, I don't like it. It's not, it's weird because it's realistic and stuff. And I'm, it's not realistic. 
and the rest of the game looks realistic. And I'm like, yeah, but that's part of the point. It's like the fun stuff's like exaggerated and pushed pushed further. Yeah. But um, nah, I, it's it's fun game. It's a really pretty game. Um, I'm playing it on the Xbox Series X. Um, ray trace lighting stuff effects pretty nice. It actually but, works. Yeah, when your um windows smash, like you get proper rate, like the reflections on the windows match the broken parts of the window and stuff. It's quite a nice touch. And um, like if you go to take photos, you can see it in the car if you stop the car. When you're racing, you can't really see it, but in the rain, raindrops like properly, like pool and form on the car. You know, like how raindrops, like they don't just, just sit in certain drops; they like pull together in weird shapes and stuff and spread around the car and all that. So that really pretty, really pretty looking. Um, the it's not so memorable in terms of the map and everything because I think Burnout Paradise like nailed the open world map. Because I don't know if people remember the trick Burnout Paradise did. Do you remember the trick Burnout Paradise did to make you remember how the map? The map? No, no. So in Burnout Paradise, right? You know, you had a big circuit, big map, right? Every finish line was at a point on a compass. So there was only like sixteen finish lines. There was a north, northeast, north, you know, southwest, all that sort of points. Finish lines going all the way around the map. And every race would end at one of those points. Mm. So when you're playing the game, you always eventually end up going back to routes you recognise for the finish line. So you only have to remember those groups of finish lines that you're going to be heading towards. And that like ingrains the map into your head. So you start figuring out the shortcuts you can take. You might figure out quicker routes and stuff. Because you remember the races in Burnout Paradise weren't like a set thing. You just had to get to the finish line before everyone else. And you could go whatever route you wanted to get there. But um, Need for Speed kind of Unbound does the whole thing where it puts you in a certain route and it sets you off and you have to fix stick with the route and hit the checkpoints and everything. But um, does it at least like put walls up <coughs> to prevent you going left and right outside the realms? No, nah, not really. Oh, that's it's a But it's like, <coughs> I, I just feel like they should go, it's a step backwards, I think. But Need for Speed, I guess, is, I don't know, a bit dumber in general. Because mm. um, Burnout Paradise was really well designed. The, the city in that game is fantastic. Well, that's because they created that, like... Um, Criterion didn't create Need for Speed, did they? No, Need for Speed. This feels like a continuation of like most wanted and stuff. Yeah. But every time Criterion do one, they put something weird in there that's a bit unusual for a racing game. Because it was it um, Hot Pursuit had all the weird little cutscenes between levels where the cars were like pirouetting around and then oh yeah, pyramids and stuff. The opening, the fucking, the actual intro to it has the car spinning around doing a drift in there. Yeah, all that cool stuff. They always do something a bit different, but I feel like they want to make a something a bit more creative again, and they're kind of stuck in the just making franchises. Yeah, I think that a lot of a lot of game companies are terrified of doing that old graffito sort of extreme game since, what was it, um, Sunset Overdrive? That was like the biggest, that was one of the biggest bombs for Microsoft, wasn't it? I mean... Didn't sell very well. You're Microsoft Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite still sold well. Yeah, no one cares. Even though it, no yeah. one cares about it, it still yeah. sold well. But Sunset Overdrive was like such a massive loss for them, and that was the last. I think the last time I can remember anything having that that sort of style. Maybe they should make a Sunset Overdrive two for us. They should because that was a good game. Yeah. It was actually a good fucking game. But no, but um, needs to be unbound. It's it's a nice racing game. I'm liking it. It's yeah. decent enough. That'll you know. You I had a mission where I had to take a guy to a safe house. Do you think you're going to buy it? And your character's just taking the piss out of him all the time. Because you've got this on the... No, I'll wait until it goes on to EA Play normally and then just play yeah, it. Yeah, and then just play it. Yeah, because it's part of Game Pass. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true, yeah. 
I mean, I've, I, the only games I've bought for my Xbox Series X so far, I've barely played. I've been playing Power Wash Simulator the whole time. So yeah, you played a lot of that. Yeah, two days worth now. Mm. Yeah, mm. I've got to clean a big statue, and it's nice. Yeah, it's facing towards a volcano. Yeah, which is a bit suspect. <laughs> No, a big statue uncovered from some seismic activity, That's and it's a big fish man. Sussy bitch. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds fun and good and fun, and I'm glad you enjoyed it, Ant. Mm. Would you say that someone, if they didn't have Game Pass and didn't have access to an Xbox or a PC, like, say, a PS5 player, should they get this game? Would you set good enough? They can buy it if they want. It's up to them, man. I don't... No, but I'm saying, do you recommend it or do you not recommend it? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. And says it's good. It's better than the last one because Need for Speed Heat was kind of a bit. It was a bit. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, no, they did. It wasn't like there a remake. Much. Was the last one? No, Heat was the last one. No, because they that did was the whole re- Miami. No, thing they did a remake, didn't they? They did Hot Pursuit remake. That came out years ago. Did that was it? Like three, four years ago. Jesus. Yeah. I feel like that was this year. It was a remaster of Hot Pursuit of the second Hot Pursuit game, not the first Hot Pursuit, which was on PS One, which was really good, which I would have preferred. I the PS3 it was a remaster of the PS3 Hopsuit game. PS3. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is that my is it my turn? Sure. I'm going to get this out of the way now because it's going to be the most controversial review we have ever fucking done. Right. It is going to blast the doors up for those woke mind the virus shit infected. Out of my ass. What woke mind virus infected people out there that Elon Musk seems to hate so much. All right. We're going to talk about the story of um, Emancipation, the new Will Smith Apple TV film starring Will Smith and Ben Foster. All right. It's not very good, Ant. Uh, you're not supposed to dislike oh, sorry, sorry, films sorry, about slavery. Sorry. So here we go. So Oscar it's the story. No. It's the story, because Will Smith isn't allowed at the Oscars anymore. Oh, that's okay then. So he can just doesn't have to try anymore. Jada Pinkett will turn up in his place. Yeah. And then storm on the stage and slap Chris Rock in So, controversy aside, Will Smith is quite a charismatic actor. I mean, he's he's obviously, like, he's done some good stuff in the past, right? Like, there's been some wild, interesting... Wild West. Yeah, Wiki Wild, Wiki Wild, Wiki Wild, Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, um, No You Don't Got None of, None of This, Running This, Six Gun in This, Buffalo Soldiers, Look, It's Like I Told You. If any dams will be in distress, be out of that dress when she meets Jim West. After her. <laughs> oh my God, why do I know the lyrics to Wild Wild West? Oh, the Cisco part's coming up. Anyway, so... <laughs> anyway, so Emancipation is the story of... of um, of Will Smith and his family. They are on a plantation picking cotton. Um, Will Smith wasn't on a plantation. Shut up. So they're on a plantation picking cotton when it's revealed that Will Smith has been sold to another another um, person. <clears throat> and like the person that he's been sold to is particularly cruel. And he is going to be used to build um, build railways to help move supplies for the Civil War. Because this is where... So a lot of Americans will tell you the Civil War was about states' rights. It was just the states' rights to keep slaves. That's yeah. basically what it was about. Like a lot of people say that it was because there was like taxation on the people in the South and that's what they were fighting about. That taxation was just not having slaves and paying workers actual wages instead of owning them. So don't listen to those cunts that say that. I know American history better than a lot of Americans know American history, apparently. So anyway, so Will Smith escapes, and it's the story of his survival in the swamps and him getting out and and what he has to do to survive and how he survives. And 
if anyone but Will Smith was in this role, it would be amazing. Like, if it was... Um, Diamond Husu. I think that's how you pronounce his name, isn't it? Because D-J-I-M... Digimon. Digimon. Digital monsters. <laughs> no. Diamond Husu was in this role. He has the gravity, the presence to be this character, to be like that... Not not just physically imposing, but interesting in the role. But Will Smith, when Will Smith's in a thing, like there are scenes where Will Smith doesn't really have like the chance to act with his with with his voice. He can't really emote in the way that he's used to, so he can't shout and stuff like that. So so he just has to look and sort of have tears rolling down his cheek. And when he's doing it, you're just like, I'm just and I I don't know. This, you're just this. waiting for him to rap a nice rap song <laughs> about being emancipated <laughs> from um, slavery. It, it, no, but it's just emancipation like, and proclamation rhyme. You can make a rap out of that. <laughs> Don't give him no ideas. Um, but like, and here's here's the crazy thing: everybody around Will Smith is like relatively unknown actors, or if they're if they're famous actors, they're mostly TV actors. He, um, him, and Ben Foster are like the big draws. They're the they're the Hollywood actors. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Big Hollywood actor. He's been in fucking so much. No one cares about that. No, but he is, like, in everything. Like, he's, you may not care about him, but he is in everything. And he may not be a draw, but he's a very good actor who is in everything. So loads of people who are in everything. Yeah, but he is, consi- con- like, consistently in everything. Fucking, I don't know. Name a film. Name a film. Yeah, name just a film. Just a film. Just a film. Just a random film. Osmosis Jones. He's in that. Is he, is he not? He's got ben a cameo. Foster. He ben Foster's in Osmosis Jones. Osmosis Jones. Osmosis yeah, Jones, he plays Bill Murray's it. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He plays the love interest. He just couldn't tell because it's Ben Foster. He's so good at acting. Just puts a wig on you there. I don't know who Ben Foster is. Do you not? No. <laughs> He's Angel from X-Men 3. Mate, <laughs> fucking... Anyway... Oh, because he made such an impact in that movie. He did. Such a great... There's a scene where he's cutting his wings off, and his dad's like, "I think you're ugly." And I watched the Mister Sunday movies review, and he's like, "Look who you fucking are, mate! You're fucking hideous." He's a beautiful man with wings and abs. Anyway, Ben Foster um, and Will Smith, like they both kind of have the same problem. Like Ben Foster again is is mostly just playing evil racist man, and there's not really a lot to do with that either. Like unless. Unless you're, like, showing... Because he has, like, moments where, like, there's... Like, here's the thing. Will Smith in the beginning, very good. When he's talking to his family, look at his credits. He's in everything. Yeah, I've not watched any of this. Oh, Uh, oh, I remember he was Medivh in Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah, the wizard guy. There you fucking go, you dickhead. He's not... You love him. He's your favourite actor. beard on on a wig, so... (laughs) So I didn't really recognise him. You didn't recognise Ben Foster, man. You didn't know Literally seen none of these things. Have you not seen any of these films? The Mechanic? Is that the remake? Yeah. I never watched Pandorum. You didn't watch Pandorum? No. 39, never watched 30 Days of Night. How did you not watch 30 Days of Night? I watched X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah, 310 to Yuma. Star Trek, Six Feet Under. He's not in Star Trek. He's in Star Trek. He wasn't in Star Trek. You're looking at film credits. I'm looking at all credits. No, you're not looking at movie Oh, he was in The Punisher. Yeah, he was in the Punisher. He played the guy with the piercings. Spacker Dave. Yeah, the guy with the piercings. Spacker. The guy with the piercings. That's a slur. The guy with the piercings. <laughs> Stop saying it if it's a slur. <laughs> Don't use this as an opportunity to start throwing him out there. Like fucking... no, I'm not seeing Star Trek on Anyway, Emancipation. It's a pretty bad film. It, it's What the fuck? What? 
Okay, so there was a TV... I saw Flash Forward, yeah. and I was like, he wasn't in Flash Forward. Yeah. No, there was a separate TV show called Flash Forward that ran f- from 1995 to 1997. Yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. How did you not know about that? How is that the more the successful one. Flash Forward than... Than the one starring John Cho? And... The yeah, other name fines. Him. Name him. <laughs> Joseph. There you go. There you go. Michael he got ja- there in the end. The one who played Michael Jackson. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he played oh, Michael yeah, Jackson. in that fucking unofficial. That never got released. Anyway, Emancipation. <laughs> oh, Jewel State. I like her. So here's the thing, though. Like, Emancipation, everyone around Will Smith and Ben Foster, because they're like TV actors, they're like lower caliber actors, they are really good. And like, a lot of them don't try to be the central, because they're not in the story. But if you were to... Take this role, give it to anyone else. I think this would be like a fucking incredible movie. Like, but because it's Will Smith and because he just doesn't really like it's just he can't act in like these serious roles very well. He's proven that in the past because he's done things like He won an Oscar last year for that sort of thing. What film was it again? Fucking whatever one it was. Yeah, name the film. What was the film again? I don't know. It was what wasn't it one about the doctor guy? No, it wasn't the one about the guy with bloody brain. It wasn't, was it? It was a concussion thing, wasn't no, it? No, it wasn't. It was a different film. Are you sure? Yeah. Hold on, I need to find out. Um... What did he play and get, got an Oscar for? Because I forgot he got an Oscar. Because he won the Oscar, didn't he? And yeah, and then big... he slapped Chris Rock in the face. What was it that he won an Oscar for, though? Um, I think I saw it. King James. It was a bad movie. King James. Yeah, he played uh, the, the William sister's dad, didn't he? And he beat the shit out of him in real life. And like he was like, you got to be about family. And I was like, yeah, don't beat your kids. Or Chris Rock on stage. Um... <laughs> But yeah, he's just he's just not very good in this. And like I, I don't know if it's just that it's him. I don't know if the the subject matter is too serious for someone like him and his his previous like roles or it's just he can't do it. I don't know. But it's just it's it destroys the movie for you. I mean, there is like a sweet crocodile fight at one point. Or alligator, alligator's fresh water or salt water. Which one is it in the bayou and the swamps? Is it crocodiles or it's alligators, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, gators. Gators in the swamp. Um, but it's such a serious and interesting, like, the, probably the biggest, the biggest thing I could say about this film is it makes you really interested in, like, how fucked it was back then. Like, the American people and what they did to people was so fucked. And the fact that they fought a war to continue doing this horrific shit. And, like, the other thing as well is that, like, this is one of those films where they don't show the other, like, side of things. Fuck Will Smith's in an Indian movie. Is he? Student of the Year 2, special appearance in the Jawani song, and uh, Radha Terry Shunri. Shunri. Is he just, like... Was it just, like... I think he just appears in a song. Like, there's item... You have get item songs in Indian movies, which is, like, they'll get someone who's a big star, and they'll do a song. It'll just be a song that's in the film. Did you see that Brendan Fraser's in a Bollywood film as a villain? Good for him. Like it was, it was a couple of years ago. But apparently, he like properly chews the scenery and like is in it. But it's Brendan Fraser. You don't, you don't hire Brendan Fraser if you want him not to, yeah, well, not Will to Smith. put his time. Uh, but Will Smith is just yeah. Will Smith and Ben Foster, both of them, just sort of struggle with the material. They struggle with the story. <clears throat> it's overly long. There are scenes that could be incredibly well acted, and like anyone else in this, I think would have been able to handle the material a lot better. Um, uh, it's just a shame because I think the story needs to, like, it deserves to be told. It is really fucking incredible. But, um, yeah, Will Smith just in, in the one, um, which sadly kind of detracts from the film. But if you can ignore that part of it, I think that there's, there is some good stuff here. There's like, um, 
there's a scene in a burning house that's, that's got some bad CGI, or it could just be the whole film's color graded so that it's very muted. It's not black and white. There's still some color to it, but it's like very, well, the situation very was very tr- very tricky. It couldn't yeah, because say the it was cameras a black- back then could only pick up black and white. They didn't have color cameras back then, so when they're filming this back in the past, yeah. shut up. Owning shut slaves up. or not owning slaves isn't a black or white matter, you know. People forget that the English maybe there's good slaves. Hey, look, people forget that that white people and Irish people were sold as slaves by the English back in the day. Poor people and Irish people were like rounded up and sold. Yeah. All the fucking time. Are oh, you going on those right wing talking points? Yeah, now. I'm going on those right. White people were slaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I like it's honestly it's horrific. And there's another film that's been released recently that's about Lucas Till. I don't know if you know this story about the little. There's a little boy who was who was lynched in like the US. Ah. Um, in the late 1800s, early. No, sorry, the late 1900s, early. Thoughts. No, uh, it was like 1912, Um But yeah, basically, it's about a little boy that was that was killed, um, and it's fucking heartbreaking. Like he was accused of accused of knocking into a woman or saying something to a woman, and they just fucking lynched him. Yes, America for you. Yeah, and the it's the the story of the mum. The police the bombed entire streets at yeah. one point. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, they caused mass genocide, didn't they? Black black. They, um, yeah, they fire bombs on a whole yeah. bunch of streets. Yeah, Black Wall Street was where they committed like massive atrocities. Um, but yeah, like um, I would say that's probably a better film. This is a much more interesting story. Um, I don't know how much of it is true because it's kind of it's one of those things where a lot of the history back then and. A lot of the stuff that was recorded was only partially recorded because obviously they, they didn't have um they wanted phones. to destroy a lot of the records of the record. crimes they did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have cameras. They didn't have cameras. <laughs> and like didn't even have a talk boy. <laughs> it was but it's like it's such a fucking dark subject matter and it's just not treated with the gravity it should be. And it's I think that Will Smith is a bit of stunt casting in this, that's what it feels like. So when you're watching it it's just like you know, it's more likely that he produced it. I think he came on board as a producer after he agreed to be in it. Yeah, but that's how you get made. That's yeah, maybe. But it's an Apple thing, though. Yeah. So and I feel like Apple say, would just bankroll oh. it, like Netflix do. Yeah, but they would if you get Will Smith in it. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Like, Bright wasn't getting made without Will Smith in it. You mean Bright, that film by Max, whatever his name is, The Rapist? I met his dad once. Yeah, yeah, you did. His dad's a bad dude as well. Yeah, and I couldn't think of what to say to him. Yeah. You well, killed I remember people. Was you when he killed a helicopter. It's the same thing. On I Vic pl- Morrow and two children. The same thing I plan to say if ever I meet Matthew Broderick. You killed people. You actually murdered people and didn't go to prison. Oh. How does that work? Sarah Jessica Parker knows you did it. She divorced you because you did it. Matthew Broderick killed people. Yeah, he killed a couple of people in Ireland. He was drink driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that little murder. He didn't, that little bit of murder. He didn't, like, actively stab someone to death or something. It was just... No, he didn't a blind little a bit Korean of being man. Drunk. Didn't blind a Korean man and then commit other racist crimes. Like, like when Wahlberg. the... Who's the Indian actor? Forgotten his name. Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. Um, was it one of the Khans? When he got drunk and ran over a homeless man who'd passed out in the street and somehow all the celebrity friends and all the media made it about the homeless man shouldn't have been in the street... <laughs> and he got off. Well, that's and all his, great. all the that's... Indian actresses and stuff and oh, actors were like, "It's a Matthew Modine." I think that this could be a really good film. Just <clears throat> Will Smith and Ben Foster are just they—they they ain't the ones. They aren't the right people to be in this sort of film. But Ben of Foster cast... was Medivh. 
rest of the cast really fucking good like I said it's just them two they don't fit like even like Will Smith interacting with his wife in this like not Jada Pinkett Smith but the woman who plays his wife he like he feels so separate from them in the scenes where they're together wait so Will Smith has a different wife in like in it in the beginning his interaction with his family like his three kids and his wife he's on the floor praying with his little cross and he's like I'm going to lead you all in prayer because he's he knows he's he's being taken away, like he doesn't act like this no, is Steve the last... Ogg's in it. Oh yeah, Steve Ogg's in it very briefly. Steve Ogg. I call him Steve Ogg. Steve Ogg. He's the original. All right. He's got a big beard. You wouldn't recognise him. I would. No, you would. I'd be like it's fucking. But yeah, it's a Matthew Modine. I just like the subject matter deserves a proper film, but a big budget CGI. Thing. There's a CGI fire scene where Will Smith's just in a house that's on fire. Yeah, but. And it's just like terrible CGI. You can't set fire to stuff these days, I guess. Yeah, you can. Set fire to Will Smith. See, um, you slap the rest of the lone one where they make all the CGI. Samaritan. Yeah, yeah. CGI fire and shit. Samaritan was a bad movie. Well, it was a right movie. I didn't mind Samaritan, but other people don't like it. And your review? <sighs> you know what we didn't review? <laughs> what? Gardens of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we, we did. didn't review it. Yeah. That's why I just checked on the screen a minute ago. That's why I was Pretty clicking good. away. Pretty good. Checking freaking thing. Next review. So, Gardner's Guy, see how the holiday special yeah. is all about bringing a little bit of Christmas cheer to Peter hey, Quill. You know what makes a salad better? And Marvel telling you that this is an essential thing to watch before you know, Gardner's Guy comes out. You know what makes out. a salad better? What? A little sprinkling of bacon. Ah, yeah. But, Kevin Bacon. So. Eat people. Marvel want you to watch this before Gardens Galaxy 3 because it's important. <clears throat> the main thing to take away is the little bit of expositional dialogue saying, since we brought nowhere yeah. and cleaned this place up a bit, onto the story. Yeah. So that's just so that when you watch Gardens Galaxy 3, you can be like, oh, they, they run nowhere, nowhere now. Yeah. yeah. Um, they brought nowhere. Cosmo's dog's voice changed. Yeah, it did. Um, so in this one, Drax and... Um, Mantis. With a little help from the old 97s. They're like, we're the least expensive of the cast. Let's go on an adventure where we go find Kevin Bacon. Drax is like, you can paint my arms and my face, but my chest is staying normal. Get me a fucking vest. They all just shot it between takes. Um, So a lot of it happens in the Nowhere set, because that was nice. That's probably the big set they had available at the time. Mm. And the rest of it takes place in LA, because you don't have to build a big set when you build in LA. And Kevin Bacon's house is there. Um, But clearly, you know, it's shot on a budget. Yeah. Probably the same budget used for Gardens Galaxy 3 to make sure it could be rolled into that and could be written off as a tax write-off. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, it's fun enough. A little fun holiday special thing. I like the song. I don't know what Christmas is. It's so good. Yeah. The song is probably the best thing about this. Yeah. And yeah. Chris Pratt gets to stand there going, whoa, yeah, whoa, I don't think that's what Christmas is about. Cut those bits out, please. We don't need people just telling you what you're listening to. Every time they shot a scene, do you reckon he had to go out back and pray and be like, I'm sorry, Christmas Jesus. Mm. I'm sorry, Christmas Jesus. I said bad things about you, Christmas. No, he doesn't care that much. It's he all, does. He's it's super all facade. Christian. It's all facade. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a big lie. But um, no, I had fun with it. Kevin Bacon. I liked it a lot. I got to see Kevin Bacon finally because that was a reference that people remember from the first film. I like the fact that everyone hates actors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ugh, actors are the worst thing They're you disgusting. could possibly do. They're liars. Yeah. Bunch of liars. Um, Did you not play a hero? Oh, yeah, I can play a hero. Oi, there go I'm going to World War What? What are you doing? <laughs> um, no, nah, it was fun. They just go and kidnap Kevin Bacon and then yeah. bring him to space. 
which he takes quite well. I mean, Mantis does Mantis mind control stuff on him. him first. Yeah. He's like, hey, Peter, I'm really happy to be here. Mantis, remove whatever magic you've done. She's like, oh, okay. And he's like, what the fuck? Don't run away. <laughs> Immediately runs away. And that is a fun thing. There is another a thing that's revealed thing. in this that's quite important. Is there? Is there? Yeah, really? Yeah. I don't think there is. Yeah, Mantis is Peter Quill's sister. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Not going to affect the plot of Guardians Galaxy no, I don't, Three at all. Um, and she's not even his sister, really. Possibly, sort of. She thinks she was made by ego, doesn't she? Well, there's no other one of her in the universe. There might be. Well, no, there are creatures that are like her. In, yeah. Well, we know that there are creatures like her in the Marvel universe, but there's no creature that we've seen like that's her. Pom, Pom Clementiev. She does a lot of the heavy lifting in this. No, she only just that candy cane thing was just like hollow. It wasn't that heavy. Well, no, like Drax is the one he carries. Of the two of them, of the two of them, I feel like she is really she's really bringing the A game. Um, You can kind of tell that Dave Bautista is a little bit done with the Marvel gig at this point. He's going to be in a DC film before. (laughs) I reckon he's going to be the new Black Adam, just to piss off Dwayne. That'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, because he'd be good at it. Yeah, Rock, who couldn't be bothered to do a cameo in Shazam too. Yeah, Apparently. Why, like he actively went against them, including his character in Shazam too. So like his whole purpose is just to be a Shazam villain. Shazam's villain. Yeah, he You're even says like, "fucking Shazam" in this film. Oh, I still haven't watched it. Have you not? Do you want a copy? Don't, don't care. It's so <laughs> bad. Asked. It's so bad. I'm I'm looking forward to the Flash. No, I'm not because I want to see if they <laughs> CGI out Ezra Miller from every scene. I think they're going to end it with a whole big reboot at the end. Oh yeah, they'll definitely and, do that. Yeah. I mean, it's how it's going to end. People are like, it's for the good of the universe that I kill myself. Yeah, good. And then Grant Gustin will be the Flash. Yeah, he just turns up and like, wow, That I'm would be Flash. a really good way to end it, because Grant yeah. Gustin's a good lad. He is. Well, he's fine. He hasn't raped anyone, as far as I know. He's not problematic any murders. in any way, shape, or form, we no. hope. No, we hope. Not like that plastic man. <laughs> no, just disappears. <laughs> just disappears. They, all they need to do is just have someone else come in and be like, yeah, I'm Plastic Man now. Change, <laughs> just like, change my face on I the run. I cover. <laughs> That's fucking the best. So what do you do? Just like, yeah. Wasn't it because he was like super racist on the internet? <laughs> Get someone like Taika Waititi to play him. <laughs> Can't be asked. Just, just comes in like, yeah, I'm Plastic Man. Hello, just, I'm Plastic uh, Man. I'm just here to be plastic. Just taking over. Yeah. I made out of the rock. other guy. Change my face. You notice that? <laughs> not going to see that other face again. Just want to confirm that. Yeah. Just want to make sure that uh, another racist bone in this face. There we yeah. go. Um, yeah, the guys got holiday fat special was fun. I think because uh, this is they started doing these little specials every now and again because the um, Wealth by Night. Like, well, by Night was one of them. It's so and good. I'm sure Blade's going to end up as one of them eventually because it sounds like that's in a bit of a state. Yeah. They were meant to be filming that now, weren't they? Yeah, but then they lost their director. <coughs> then they lost their writer. And apparently, Marshall Ali's not happy with no you know, the script because it's like removed a lot of the shit that he was joining to actually do. Yeah. Um, it's not hard to make a Blade movie, people. Just make a fucking vampire movie. Stop doing it. Look, man, they're trying to take the hard route because some motherfuckers always be trying to <laughs> ice skate uphill. <laughs> so, <laughs> my favourite scene in that whole movie is where, um, is where the, they're shooting at him and Wesley Snipes just improvs, motherfucker, you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so good. Good old Wesley Snipes. He's a he's, crazy person. He's great in what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, he has a cameo. He's seen over he's, Zoom. He's on Zoom, yeah. Uh, Wesley, um, get closer to your router. I've got the best Wi-Fi. 
Yeah, it was fun enough. I don't. Have they got what other specials have they got planned? Uh, <coughs> Is there anything? They do have more coming up. Let me have a quick Google. They mentioned any more? They have mentioned other ones. So um, Marvel special. What happened to um? What's her face? Girl and T Rex, whatever it was. Oh, Moon Girl and uh, Devil yeah. Dinosaur. Yeah, is that an animated? Is that an animated series? Yeah, I think that's an animated series. Yeah. Um, Wolf by Night, Guardians of the Galaxy. <coughs> they've done some documentaries directed by Night. They haven't announced any others, apparently. Yeah, uh, they should do more. They should do more. They're fun. They're like nice little low budget, easy things. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, there's like there's rumors of like Silver Surfer and X Men and shit like that. Nah, no, save Silver Surfer. Yeah. Save Silver Surfer for a Galactus thing. You gotta... I'd like it if they did, if they were doing a Galactus thing. I think the way they did Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four sequel was, like, really think... good. Just the film wasn't one that of the things, One of the things I forgot about were his storytelling abs. Do you remember there's a scene where he's tied up and he's oh, like, yeah, 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 let yeah, me tell tell-tell. you the story of my people. His <laughs> yeah, abs yeah, just yeah, yeah. stuck. To... Yeah, he's famous it's for doing that. It's Yeah. What he does My magical storytelling abs. I'll let you know about the creation of my. Then yeah. Mr. Fantastic walks in and goes, Why are you staring yeah. at his abs? Like, Why are you staring at those sexy abs? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's, it's kind of funny that the, um, the mess that was that last Fantastic Four film has made me pine for the Tim Story ones more. I look. Because they're not, they're not good films, but they're like. They're, look, they're fun. There was. There, that. And Owen Grufford's a pretty spot-on looking Mr. Fantastic. That I can dig that look. fan fantastic film, right? Shit. It's Absolute bad. shite. It is a bad film. Fucking miserable shit. But I'll tell you what, I am totally on board for a Fantastic Four that's a horror movie. No. There were like hints at it. No. Hints at something interesting. No. And it was just like, hey, look, Mrs. Fantastic's no. wearing a wig. No, it, it, Fantastic Four should be like, right, crew, we got to solve some problem. We're going to a banana planet. Uh. And they go to a planet that's made of bananas. And there's banana people, and then they travel back home. That's what that's what Fantastic Four should be. They'll just be like, guys, big problems. We reviewed Black Panther 2 last week, didn't we? Last week, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Fantastic be like, big problems, lads. I need to get through a keyhole. That's the episode. We've gone into the bubble verse, where everything's <laughs> bubbles. And there's bubble, just bubble. And, and then we've accidentally gone into the pin universe shortly. Hey, Mr. After. Fantastic, what are you doing right now? I'm gonna ruin every single theoretical outcome of this universe by creating Franklin Richards with my wife. And then Franklin Richards is gonna turn up and create his own universes and he's gonna break every story because he's know, too powerful. I would like to see an Amadeus Cho special presentation. Amadeus Cho. Yeah. Chode. No, Amadeus Cho was mm-hmm. um you remember Rick was the Hulk's sidekick for a while. After the site, after Rick became a Hulk himself, Rick and Morty. No, Rick. What was his name? The one he, the the one the Hulk saves from the atomic bomb. Not in the films, but no. in the in the comics and the cartoon. Yeah, he pushes the guy out of the way, and he's like, "I'll oh, stand in front of you." That's not how radiation works. But I'll stand in front of you, and he's like, oh, "I'm the Hulk." Yeah, it's blows yeah. around him. It goes around him like in a person shape. Yeah, he got his finger in it, and his finger got all fucked up. No, um, so Amadeus Cho was the smartest kid in the world. Yeah. But he's like applied physics and like science and stuff. So if you sit him down in front of like a lab, he could do stuff. But like for the most part in the Marvel Universe, he was being tracked down because there was like a period just after the Civil War where they were like basically getting mad humans and rounding them up and getting them to sign the registration. And he was like, fuck that. I'm not going to sign the registration. I'm not going to be handed over to the government because I'm like an orphan and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he was on the run. And like everything that he was doing was just like stupid shit. Like it was, he was tracking the Hulk for a while trying like by how deep the ground went in where the Hulk landed and then launched again 
So he was like, okay, so if he's, and he's gone like four miles in that direction, and like basically was following the Hulk that way. Can you just look on TV for Big Green Man's trash and Not shit? Not in the somewhere? desert, Anne. They don't have TVs in the desert. It's the desert. Someone will be like, Where's there's a the big green dude. Where's the electricity coming from? No, there'll be a thing. Just Sand? Like, you just sit at home. There'll be a report saying Hulk's currently Sand trashing the shit out of this place. No. Uh, so, yeah, basically, Amadeus Cho was chased. And, like, he was being chased by, like, the army and stuff. And he kept, like, doing things like Chinese, he... So he's Chinese? I mean, I'm not going to assume that. He could be anything. I refuse to believe any Chinese parent named their son Amadeus. Anyway, so he... There was, like, one point where he was being chased by a tank. Hmm. And, like, he had his little moped and he was running away. And he was basically like, oh, I just need to hit, like, this area. Like, I know this tank. I know that it has, like, a weak point here, here and here. And if I apply the right pressure to one point... We can't about. And then, like, the Hulk lands on it and destroys it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the weak point. Yeah, the weak point was from above dripping Hulk on it. Isn't the leader going to be in something? Yeah, he's going to be in the next uh, Captain America film, which could be awesome. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I like yeah. the leader. I like the leader as well. And it's yeah, Tim Blake yeah. Nelson again. Yeah. Because remember in The uh, Incredible Hulk, he was like, ah, he's got blood on my brain. Got blood in his wound. And his brain went, whoa! Yeah. Whoa! I hope his brain is just like dragging along the floor. Like oh, I hope he's like, I hope he's like, uh, who's the guy in Green, Green Lantern? You know, <laughs> you know the guy who got like pricked by, by, um, the evil dude. And he started like mutating. He just got like a big head. He was just crippled. Do you remember? Mark Strong. No, not Mark Strong. He had a big head. He did have a big head, but no, it wasn't Mark Strong. No, I just want a big brain, veiny brain that's dragging along the floor. Yeah, that's basically what he that's was what becoming. He was one of the Skarsgårds. I'm pretty sure he's one of the Skarsgårds. Oh, no. He's like one of the weird ones. Oh. The one from Garden State. Oh. But he basically gets his finger pricked by... Who's Parallax. The, was Parallax, the that's it. He gets his finger pricked by Parallax and the dead body of the alien. And, like, at first he's, like, getting, like, a few cool, like, mind powers where he can, like, telekinetically move stuff. Mm. And then his brain starts getting big and then his legs stop working. And then he's just, like, he's he's just, like, in a wheelchair. Just completely I don't remember any of that. Do you not? No. And then at the end, at the end, like, he gets the Is he green... the main villain? Yeah. No, I don't remember any of that. He gets the green lantern ring and he puts it on and he's, like... I've got the power of the Green Lantern. <laughs> he just sort of semi floats up, and you're like, oh, I just feel sorry for him. <laughs> like, oh, good for him. Well done. Like, <laughs> I remember a big CGI space face when for a city. Oh yeah, that happens at the end. That's not yeah. the main villain. That's and like there's the... a bit where he's training with Killawog. Oh yeah, that's the beginning. Killawog's rad. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan voice. Yeah, Killawog and who's the bird guy? Jeffrey Rush. No, he's the bird guy. Jeffrey Rush. What's the character's name? Jeffrey Rush. Ah, I need to load up my DC Legends. I'll find his name. <laughs> I've got him on there. Is it my review now? Yeah, wherever, wherever the fuck. I don't fucking... <laughs> I've played <clears throat> a game. No, no. I have a dream. Um, I've played a game, but I'm going to talk about that later. I watched a movie. <laughs> what? Elon Musk, should I head, step down as head of Twitter or abide by the results of this poll? Yes. <laughs> 56% to 44%. This <laughs> is fucking hilarious. How many millions of people? Real time, so far, two million people have voted on Jesus. <laughs> he must, that must really upset him because he's so fucking weak willed. <laughs> now, he's, like, he's, he, oh, the shareholders are like going off the Tesla now, aren't they? Because oh, they're yeah, losing them true. loads of money. I think they've told him either you quit Twitter or you quit Tesla. Oh, mate, quit them both. Get the fuck the out. The thing of is, if he, if he quits Tesla, he can't do any grandstand about what great stuff he's doing for the world. He's not done anything. He's no, fucking he useless. He's a fucking joke. The only people that like him are dickheads who can't fucking read. Um, oh yeah, sorry, my review, I'm going to review Bones and All. <laughs> What's up? 
man wants to step down from Twitter without having it look like he's stepping down. <laughs> um, so- Major, please clap energy. <laughs> Um, oh. I watched a film called Bones and All. You were talking about games, didn't you say? No, I'm going to review the game later. Oh, okay. I watched a film called Bones and All, which was... Um, it's the new film by the director of Call Me By Your Name. Didn't based on that. another book. Don't know. All right, so Call Me By Your Name was the... Lost book I read was one of the Dexter books. So. All right. Call Me By Your Name was a film about Army Hammer buggering um, Timothy Chalamet. Did you try to eat him? No, he tried to fuck him. Oh. And then he did fuck him. No. Oh. And then he fucked a peach. Oh. And it was all symbolism. Oh. For awakening. Oh. Of the peach being fucked. Um, so <coughs> so he's done a new film called Bones and All, which is again a romance, but... What, Army Hammer? No, Timothy Chalamet. Oh. and the director of Call Me By Your Name. Oh, right. Yeah, so they've reunited to make this film. Yeah. Which is a film about cannibalism. Oh, so Army Hammer was the first choice. <laughs> yeah, Army Hammer was like, I'm in! I mean, do I get to eat my own bodies or do I? Oh, they're not real. I'm out. <laughs> Apparently, he's selling like real estate. Yeah, he's selling condos now. Yeah. yeah, he's like really broke. Even though his family's he's like not very broke, rich. Yeah, because he's fan- he's the Arm and Hammer. <laughs> I like know, I know, and I you know. think it's funny that he's called Army Hammer. Haha, <laughs> that sounds like Arm and Hammer. No, he's name. literally the Arm and Hammer guy. <laughs> I know, and people are surprised by that. Um, he's just trying to get people into a, like it's like fucked up kind of parents are those. I don't know. That'd be like freaking Jack Dorsey naming his kid Twitter or some shit. I mean, he might have done. Maybe. Do you remember when Elon Musk tried to call his kid, like, EXX? That's Little X. You know when he was talking the other day about Little X getting followed in the car? I thought he was talking about a rapper. Yeah, I thought he was talking about Little Nas No, he put his kid in an auto-driving car. What? Yeah. Why did he put his kid in an auto-driving car? Those things explode. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All the time. As far as I can tell, that's what it is. I mean, the implication is that he'd put the kid in the car and it drove off and someone was was following the car. Which has nothing to do with planes. <laughs> no. Anyway, sorry. So, um, Bones and All. It's a story of a young girl who who um, one day is hanging out with her friends and she's talking to them and it looks like she's having like... Um, it's all set in the 80s. I should say that first. But it looks like she's having the traditional film sexual awakening moment, you know, like where they're like lying next to each other and they're about to kiss. She's there with her friend who's female and it looks like that's where the story's going. But instead of them kissing... She takes her friend's finger and literally just fucking bites into it in like a really fucking gory mess. Sweet. Like proper sinks oh. her teeth in. And, um, and then the girl is screaming <clears throat> and she, and she runs off. She runs back to her home and her dad reveals that like they've got to move again. It's not the first time it's happened. Um, and basically she, through an audio recording left to her by her dad when he abandons her, finds out that she has, she's always been what they call an eater who are a group of cannibals. That eat people. Like, they have, like... That's what cannibals do. No, no, I know, but they have... It's almost like a a animalistic drive to do so. Yeah. Um, to the point where one character who is, like, a long-term cannibal, who is, who is like, a life... Who's been living well into their 50s as a cannibal, actually explains to them the process of eating someone, bones and all, which is where the title comes from. So essentially, these people could consume the entirety of a human body, including the bones. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. It's just like gnawing away on it. And it's like an it, it. It's explained as like almost like a sexual situation. Yeah. It's like it changes you once it happens. Yeah. But um, it'll give you curry. Curry. 
Kuru is a disease, like mad cow disease. Oh, right, That's what you get from eating... Oh, it's a prion disease. Worms. Yeah, but um, it's mostly um, stuck with people in Papua New Guinea. There's, like, cannibalistic Oh, yeah, I remember reading about that. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so so these, these cannibals, they... She's basically trying to find out where her mum is, where she comes from, and why she has this this need to feed on human flesh. And she meets Timothy Chalamet along the way, and he is also one of these eaters. He's also a cannibal. I can believe that. And it turns out that like they're sort of they're almost they're linked, like they're drawn to each other. Mm. There's a very old one played by Mark Rylance, who is the guy who was in been loads of stuff recently. <laughs> He's like a big Steven Spielberg guy. Steven Spielberg put him in the BFG put him in Bridge of Spies, like he's in a lot of stuff like that. Uh, but Mark Rylance plays a very old eater who is who basically goes to people's houses, like old people's houses when they live alone, causes them to have an accident, or it's insinuated that he causes them to have an accident, and then he waits for them to die of natural causes, so it's not technically oh, murder. Oh, I know Mark Rylance. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, he's all right. And he like chews, he eats them, basically, just dis- just complete eats for them. teenagers? Yeah. Anyway, For sake, man, what are so, they teaching kids these days? So know? it's it's a road trip movie where she's trying to find her mum. She's trying to find out what's going on, and like there are um, obviously there are like pitfalls along the way, and it's a lot of questions about what is nature versus nurture. What is not eating people? What is like? What is the true? Um, do they really have a choice, or is it something they're completely yeah. unable to control? Um, and I think like generally, if you're eating people, you're probably choosing to do it. What she, what it, it's explained at one point. You're listening to recordings her dad's left, and it, he explains that when she was very, very young, like three or four, she was in school. They went on a school trip to the woods, and one of the kids went missing, but she turned up back at home, but the other kid was still missing, and he's always questioned whether or not she ate a kid then. And there's like other incidents that he describes and she just doesn't remember them. Like the trauma of the event is blocking it out from her memory. And so there's like this whole other thing where it's like he's been dealing with this for years and years and years and like he's been trying his best, but like there's just, there's no way to stop her doing it. It's just like a nature thing. Um, And that's really interesting. The, The whole film's really interesting and it's shot in such a fucking like dour way and very, very, um, very matter of a fact with a lot of the scenes and stuff like a lot of the scenes where like where someone's the central focus they'll be the central focus and like they'll be drawn into script into shot and then someone else will approach and then they'll have dialogue um so it's like static camera shots but there's like scenes where people are just talking and they're like laying on the bonnet of a car as the sun's setting in the background and it's just like you don't see anyone's face you just see bonnet of the car see these silhouettes and just talking and then that like transitions into another scene. Of, no, they like, need to sex this up for teenagers. Weirdly kinetic scenes following that. Like that's the they thing. They need to go like, to a cannibal restaurant. Like the impact of everything. It's really good. It's really good. It's the hippest it's, diner in town. They all wear trench coats. The only thing shades. that I would say is that like it's not a mainstream movie. It's not like this had a wide release, and I think it had a wide release because Timothy Chalamet is like a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know what the deal is with him. He's really good in this. <clears throat> He, like, he, he, every, he just reminds me of when some studios decide this person's going to be famous and we're going to put him in everything. Yeah, I think you're right. He's just a very pretty young I mean, man. Yeah, he's got he that was good in Sam Dune. Worthington thing going on. Where he's just going to be in everything for a few years. And he was good in no because Sam Worthington is it Sam Worthington's a charisma vacuum. Yeah, I was going to say Timothy Chalamet has got a lot of charisma. Steve. No, he wasn't um, captain. He was Captain Boomerang. 
He's the other charisma. Oh, that, no, Captain Brewery is not charisma. Yeah, it's the only thing he's done where he's good. No, it's not he's fucking amazing. He's fucking amazing as Captain Brewery. Yeah, he's in Frankenstein. Boring as shit and everything else. I know his name, but I can't remember. <laughs> exactly. He was in Terminator Genesis. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was, he was Kyle Reese. Yeah. Like <laughs> one of the most famous characters. I can't remember his name. Jai Courtney. Yeah, that's it. That's the fuck. I like Jai Courtney. He's done some alright stuff. I Frankenstein. <laughs> you Franken. He's an I Frankenstein. He's good an I Frankenstein. He's only two years older than me. And he's a big success. Alright, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. He was in Divergent. He started out. He started out as um, Home and in, Away. No, Stars. Uh, Spartacus. Sons and Daughters. No, Spartacus. Yeah. Um, he was in Jack Reacher. He was in A Good Day to Hi- Die Hard. He played John McClane Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember A Good Day I to Die Hard? He was in a fr- absolute Fernie, Unbroken. Oh, he was in the film with Jack O'Connell. Hey. Okay. Man Down, he was in the comedy with Simon Pegg and, uh, and uh, what's her name? Oh, one of the many Simon Pegg comedy Simon, vehicles. Simon Pegg and, uh, oh wait, no, this is a film starring uh, Shia LaBeouf, that's not good. Not <laughs> from Shia LaBeouf. Leave him alone, he's fine, he's just a crazy person. He's also, do you not hear what he did to that girl? That He went out and slept with a bunch of prostitutes to try and get VD, and then he gave VD to the girl he was seeing at the time. He succeeded. He's a success. He sets a goal. <laughs> he's a horrible person. Maybe. He, he's not crazy. He's just, but he's, he was even Stevens. He so even, He even turned around and went like, I said my dad was abusive to get attention and then direct the film. But it's just a film. It's just a story. Yeah, my dad wasn't great, but he wasn't abusive. And they were like, but he told people he was abusive. He's like, yeah, because I was promoting a film. Got to be in Transformers. He's a prick. <laughs> he's a fucking horrible human being. You defending your your no. sex offenders. Maybe he's just a bit of a character. <laughs> you know? a bit, of, bit of a card, you know. Boys will be boys. Um, anyway, so bones and all, bones and all. If you're if you're looking for like a weird horror movie that you know it, it's not a traditional horror movie. It's shot like a romance, and it's shot a lot like Call Me by Your Name. It like it really romanticizes the fucking the 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 um the American sort of back. Back back lanes of America and like the sort of back roads of America, I should say not lanes. Back roads of America in the eighties, it really does shoot all that beautifully and it looks really nice and it's got some really interesting How shots. How many Timothy Chamelet films have I seen so far? Right. Uh, you he's in up. Don't Look Up, but yeah. he's barely in that. You, he's in the whole end scene. Nah, he fucking He's he's the guy who I says, barely remember him being in it. He's the guy who says I fucking love fingerling potatoes. <laughs> Can uh, we get some fingerling potatoes? I fucking love fingerling potatoes. <laughs> He loves fingering potatoes. Yeah, and peaches. <laughs> he's also in Dune. Yeah, I've seen none of these films. You've not seen Dune? Not seen Dune. Have you not seen Dune? No. Not Dune! Seen, not seen Interstellar. You've not seen Interstellar? No. <sighs> not seen Ladybird or Hostiles. He was in um, Sweet Tooth in 2008. When he was... Is that the and he's Clown. No, it's some shit horror movie. Looks like direct-to-video crap. He was in an episode of Law and Order as well. Wait, he was in Clown? Clown from 2008. He's Clown Boy. He was in Clown? That's a good film. No, it's a six-minute short film. Oh, no, yeah, I'm thinking I of think Clown. I think you're thinking of I'm the... thinking of Clown 2014. I was in Homeland as well. In there the TV go. show. Yeah. There you go. He's in a lot of shit. I didn't watch Homeland. Um, no, nor did I. I didn't watch any of these things because... I, I just... Are you gonna watch? You can watch Dune. Dune's really good. I can't be asked. I've seen the David Lynch version... I have seen the best possible version. You of haven't, Dune. though, have you? There's a bit where that guy's floating around. Yeah, it's really good. I like that. 
Oh, and he's got the weird cat thing in the box. I like that. Army Hammer is the same age as Jai Courtney. Who would I prefer to have dinner with? <laughs> Depends what's being served, I guess. <laughs> it Depends who's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Army, where's your girlfriend gone? Oh, never mind. She's uh, she's here for dinner in spirit. You go to cutting your steak and there's already an A carved screaming, into it. Man, screaming. Just... <laughs> Why have I got so much face? Yeah, I mean, I'm vegan. I'm vegan, mate. Oh, we've only got meat. All right, you're Looks a viewer. like meat's back oh, on yeah, the menu, Oh, yeah, bones and all, boys. bones and all. Um, <laughs> isn't that from This Is The End? No, it's from fucking The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. It's so what it the orcs say, because it confuses people, because it suggests that they are aware of the existence of restaurants and they have menus. You know what, right? That's actually in This Is The End. So, technically, The Hobbit is referencing the 2008 Seth Rogen and Jay Bereshaw. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, Danny McBride says that when he comes out of the trailer and then... And then bums, um, what's his name? Channing Tatum a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in Death on the Nile. I saw that recently. What? That was released this year and he's already fucked his life. Well, Armand Tammer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, your review. Uh, season one of Star Trek Voyager. Oh, what the fuck is this noise you're talking about? Um, so I finished Deep Space Nine. You remember that? No. My Voyager. I started watching Voyager. Good premise for a Star Trek show. That's really good because it gets back to the whole you know, Starfleet's an exploration thing. Exploration, science, all that sort of stuff. So in Voyager, for those who don't know, um, Captain Janeway, played by Kate Mulgrew, legend. Legend. She was in, do you remember she's in the New Black? Yeah. She plays the Russian lady. Yeah, in yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend, that she is. Um, she, like, she's got a captain of a new ship. It's a new special intrepid class starship. Small ship, not particularly big, crew of about 150. That's a small crew for a Star for a Star Trek ship. Yeah. Considering that the Enterprise D had like a thousand people living on it. Like 170 people, not much. And in a mission to go find a marquee ship that's been lost in the Badlands, which is a turbulent nebula area in Cardassian space, um, they get sucked through the galaxy to the Delta Quadrant, which is about as far away from home as you could get. Yeah. The Delta Quadrant's... Space is split into four quadrants. We're in the Alpha Quadrant. Beta Quadrant is a lot of Romulans and shit. And also, um, like, Deep Space Nine is in the Beta Quadrant. Deep Space Nine has a link to the Gamma Quadrant, which they haven't explored much. Delta Quadrant is completely unexplored. No one goes there. We know the Borg are from there. That's a worry. Okay. So they've been sucked through to the Delta Quadrant, and they have to join up with the marquee troops, the crew that went there. Some of them are former Starfleet officers and all this sort of stuff. And they have to work together to travel back home, which at warp 10, which is near, well, near warp 10 is what its maximum speed is. That's going to take like 75 years to get back home. So it's 70 some odd thousand light years away. Okay. Long distance journey. Yeah. Hopefully they'll find a shortcut on the way home. Fingers crossed. Fingers like a wormhole. Crossed. Yeah. They do find a wormhole in season one. Oh. It's 30 centimetres across. Oh, right. Yeah. They get a message for it. Really good episode. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of tension in the crew because they have to try and integrate the marquee people who aren't exactly the Federation's best friends because they feel like they've been left behind mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of stuff that was going on in Deep Space Nine. You need to have watched Deep Space Nine to really know why they're so annoyed. So I've really got to get invested. Yeah, you've got to know your stuff going on. Okay. Um, I can't just read a wiki. But, you know, on the way, Janeway's also, she's pulled Tom Paris, who's like, uh, she hasn't pulled him, she's taken him out of prison. She does eventually. Pulled Tom Paris out of prison because um, he's like in a penal colony for the Federation because he broke some rules. Weirdly, he was also in an episode, the, the actor, Robert Duncan mm-hmm. McNeil, was also in an episode of Star Trek Next Generation where him and a bunch of students at the Cadet Academy 
did like a stunt and ended up killing one of the students by accident. Oh. Um, and he got, he was the one who's trying to cover it all up so they wouldn't get into trouble when he did, so he gets in trouble. Would have been perfect to just like have him be the same character, but he's not. He even has a similar backstory that there was like some risky thing he did that caused him to cause someone to, you know, die. Could have been the exact same character, but it's not. Weird thing. But, um, and it was only a few years earlier. Like, it would have been really easy to link those two together. But, mm. um, you know, Janeway's giving him a chance because he's a great pilot and she wants him there on her ship. Um, but he's yeah. also the one who makes them into lizards eventually. Only in one episode. It's like a little part of an episode. They have sex and have babies. It's a tiny end bit at the yeah, end. Yeah, but they have sex and have babies. It's okay. They made lizard le- lizard. Yeah, where, and they just were like, "Yeah, this is fine." Yeah, they don't mention it ever again. But um, how can they not? That's not. Yeah, that doesn't come up to like season three or four or some shit. I don't fucking. They still did it but anyway. So they're traveling back. Yeah, they're going to meet new races along the way. The Kazon. That's one of the first races they come across. They're not Klingons. Okay. They look like Klingons. They look like dirty Klingons. Um, you know how a lot of Star Trek races have just got shit on their head? Mm-hmm. These guys look like they've got shit on their head, but their hair looks like... You know if you've got like a whole load of bits of foam and sponge and like glued it together and then painted it all black? That's what their hair looks like. All right. Just a big old fucking mess of foam and shit. Nice. Um, and they've got their own thing going on. <laughs> They're... You know, they've had some sort of rebellion years ago. They're off on their own. They're doing things. They're ruling this area space. So for the first couple of seasons, they're the main villains that you come across. Yeah. Um, but what's good with this show, Voyager, the first series, you know, it's a bit wobbly in places, but it has some really good proper classic Trek stuff, which after seven seasons of Deep Space Nine, you know, it's, it's nice, nice to, to see. have some classic Trek stuff. Because Deep Space Nine is very focused on its, you know, story arcs for the whole series, especially in the second half of Deep Space Nine. It's very much focused on the war and what war does to people and all this sort of stuff. Bad it's got stuff. a big serious story. Bad stuff does bad stuff. Even though it has all the individual episodes, they're not exploring places. Stuff has to come to Deep Space Nine to cause a problem a lot Someone of the time. Someone famously said war. Ha! God, yo. What but, is it um, good for? Voyager's more like they stumble across some shit and like multiple times in the first series they ruin civilizations it's quite hilarious how they just stumble like they stumble into one civilization right they find um a source of energy they want unobtainium um from an asteroid yeah. and they go to the asteroid and they find a whole load of dead bodies in this asteroid <gasps> all like wrapped up in like they're covered in like a sort of spider web looking thing all oh, right yeah. cobwebs yeah and then a portal opens up and another body comes out of it <gasps> um land you know lands and harry kim gets sucked through the portal Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that what's happening is there's this other planet way off somewhere. Yeah. When they when their people die, they entomb them in this thing, mm. and the device gets rid of the body and it transports it somewhere. Oh right. And they think the body's going, you know, being destroyed, and they're going to live a new life. It's going to heaven. Like it's their second life, not yeah. a second life, but like a whole on whole full on. They are going to be a new person in this other life. Yeah. And but Harry coming back kind of throws a whole spanner in the works. Is like what the what. That's not what happens. Yeah. And he mentions, oh, yeah, there's, like, dead bodies everywhere. And they're like, what? So they completely ruin this civilization's concept of death by bumbling into their life. Um, they bumble their way into a nebula, which is actually a large living or gaseous organism, and they leave a big open wound in it that they have to go back and do surgery on. Yeah. Using space stuff. Um, in the first two episodes after the pilot, um, they stumble their way into time-based problems um, and by the end of episode three, they've even erased everything that happened in the episode one. So that's the first time they managed to erase the events of the story. 
which happens a lot of times in Star Trek Voyager. Um, a lot of characters over the course of the series die and then history is rewritten so they come back to life because magic space stuff. But I love that they managed to get three episodes into the show and they had two time-based stories. Yeah. Um, good for them. And then eventually they have lizard babies. It's not a major thing. It's one I mean, it's not a major thing if you don't take it as a major thing. But it's kind of a major thing. Um, best stuff in the series is the Doctor, the holographic Doctor. He's brilliant. <gasps> yes! It's uh, Thingy Picard. Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo. He's also in Dead Heat. One of the best films ever made. He's Johnny Camp. He's in Dead Heat. But, um, yeah, because he's like meant to be an emergency thing used to the last situation you know like when you know maybe some shit's gone down and the doctor needs an extra pair of hands in the holodeck in the med- medical bay somehow the entire medical crew got killed on the voyager when they did when they got sent through the car the to the delta quadrant no one questions that there was no other nurses on board <laughs> it's like there should be more than one doctor on a ship i would have thought like the doctor should have someone for the other shifts during the day and at least four nurses, I'd say. But no, no, none of that. Um, so the medical holograph do- doctor's there. For the first few, like, for, as the series goes on, you get, like, this stuff where the crew have to learn to not treat him like a tool. Like, there's characters who won't talk to him. They'll talk to um, the girl who ends up, I can't remember her name, friggin' I've forgotten her name, the O'Compan girl, um, who leaves the series after a while because she was a drunk. Um, oh, right. <laughs> but... but um, yeah, they they like won't talk to the doctor. They'll talk to her instead because she's a real person and he's a hologram. Oh, and they don't like that. And that's he's racist. Yeah, but he's like he's such a highly developed database of like medical stuff and procedures. And he's also and, got a personality. Yeah, because he's meant to be able to have a bedside manner with people. Yeah, and he's meant to also be a psychologist and all this sort of stuff. He's, he's also trained- got AI, so he's an actually yeah. learning. But that's what they sort of underestimate, how advanced he actually is. Oh, right. So it's like they have to gradually learn. Like, for the first few episodes, there's loads of situations where he's been affected by the shit that's going down, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it later, don't worry. Like, in episode two, he's shrinking. He's getting smaller and smaller, and they have to keep showing. It gets wider as well. And then Treat Williams comes out of nowhere, and he's like, hey, I'm dead. And he's like, you're dead. But, um, yeah, they like, he, he, you know, there's a point where he's like, oh, I want to have a name. Never picks a name for himself. Um, he keeps trying every now and again. He comes up with a name, he, changes his I mind. Thought he, I thought he did have a name in the series. No, he's always just the Doctor for the, the whole series. Mm. Um, it's a nice little nod to Doctor Who, though. Naming. But I think they intended to give him a name eventually, and they didn't. I think they just Did forgot. this one choose to end, or was it one of those ones that just didn't get renewed? No, it ended. Mm. Voyager has a proper finale. Seven seasons, like Deep Space Nine and Next okay. Generation. Is this one of the ones where it ends with an episode that's actually another episode? No, no. Okay, good. No, Voyager's got a proper finale. It's I never like, got that far through it. I stopped like at series five or six, I think. The Enterprise stuff. has got the um, John from Frakes takes over the show for yeah, an episode yeah. for the finale. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Like a, like a weird which, holodeck figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, which could technically maybe be non-canon. They're gonna try and I think Re- they're gonna try and write it out of it eventually. Oh, yeah. um, but no, it's um, the, the stuff with the Doctor's fantastic. He's a great actor, Robert Picardo. He's fantastic at playing. He's like, really good in everything that he's in. Yeah, like. He, um, yeah, I joke, like, I made the joke about Dead Heat being, like, one of the best ones ever, but he's really good. He's only in it for a scene at the beginning, and it's like a bank robbery scene. he's in where he's, like, playing, like, a Texan guy with money, and he's got, he's, like, some Texas boss guy, and he's got, like, quite a big mop of hair on his head. It might have been, no, not Scrooged. It's something like that. One of those 80s films. Yeah. But no, yeah, Dead Heat, he's just, he's literally just in one scene, but I've always remembered him, remembered his part Mm. so clearly. Because like you're Kess, a Kess is the name of the O'Campan girl. Oh. 
The good thing with her is that they wrote in that she only lives for like nine years, so they got an excuse to write her out if they need to. Nine years, that's halved if she's mm. drinking. Yeah. She's been drinking a lot. But, uh, yeah, she kind of went off the rails. She caused all sorts of trouble. Apparently there was a situation where her actor um, was like running around in her garden naked, like shouting at children. Oh, right, so probably having like a Charlie show. Yeah, probably a mess, but... um. Poor lady. She's apparently she's a bit cleaner up now and better, but Oh speaking of Star Trek, Kirstie Alley died. Yeah. I mean I know she's not Only a nice the person. first person to play Savic. I know she's not like a nice person, but still sad. She was in some stuff that I liked when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean I don't like her now. She was a horrible person towards the end. Like a proper really horrible person, but still sad that someone died. Yeah, well she kind of got I think she was like quite a depressed person who got dragged into the right the bad people and yeah. stuff. Because um, I still remember when she did um, Veronica's Closet was like her last chance at saving herself, and oh yeah, that show got cancelled because she became impossible to work with. Yeah, well, she did that Two Fairy film for Disney shortly after that, and that was like, meant to be like her coming back the to rock. do something. No, she did her own Two Fairy film where she was like, it was Vin Diesel the Two Fairy? Vin no, it was D- the Rock, wasn't no, it? No, it was the Rock that was the yeah. Two Fairy, and then Larry the Cable Guy. Oh yeah, in the sequel. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, but no, season one of Voyager, it's, it's solid stuff. It ends really suddenly. Is There's there only 15 episodes. episodes. Well, There's a bunch of some good fun ones. Nothing's like proper top flight mm. Star Trek, but series one ended four episodes shorter than it was supposed to. The f- The last four episodes ended up becoming early episodes in season two. Oh, that must be good. And the one that was meant to end the series mm. was the first episode of season two. And if that had been the finale for the series, that would have been perfect because the episode leads up to them. They It's an episode where they find... Um, a bunch of people who'd been kidnapped from 1937 in on Earth, and they'd been dumped on some alien planet, and they're all in cryo chambers. Mm. And amongst them is Amelia Earhart oh. and stuff, explaining where she went to. Um, but it turns out that their descendants were, you know, they had descendants and stuff. All the other chambers were let go, except for the original 30, what they call the 37s. And they had made this new civilization on the planet that you never see, because it would have cost too much to have a city. Um, but, um, but there's this whole thing where it's building up to... Janeway's going to let the crew decide whether they want to stay on this planet or not. Mm. And it builds up to the bit where her and Chakotay are like, who do you think is going to stay behind? Oh, they're definitely these people. And they go, okay, we're going to, and they told them all to wait in the cargo bay. Because <laughs> <laughs> they landed the ship. They landed the ship. Yeah, it's yeah, not in yeah. space. They're not yeah, just going to yeah, eject yeah, in yeah, space. Yeah, no, I was going to say. But they said, anyone who's in the cargo bay, free to leave, go live on this planet where human civilization has been building for 400 years. You know, but they get there and there's no one there. And that would have been a great way to end the series. Because, you know, like everyone's decided to stick with them mm. and stay the journey to get home to their home, um, but instead it ends with an episode where Tuvok has to like train a bunch of former Marquis people how to be more Starfleet. <laughs> so just like a regular episode. Conform. Um, there's some good stuff. Neelix yeah. is all right. He's a bit irritating, but you know he gets he gets better as time goes on, doesn't he? He's he's learning. He's very much like anime protagonist mode, where he's like constantly crying. He has a just... he has a great episode where. Um, because his his race were in a war with this other race years ago, and they ended up um, submitting after the race basically nuked a moon that they lived on. Oh wow! Like scorched earth killed everyone, and Neelix was away at the time, so he wasn't. He was meant to be on that convenient moon. Neelix, <laughs> but he was off to preparing for a defense that never happened. Like their idea was, he was meant to be training for an attack that was going to happen that they knew was coming. Um, but because it never happened, because they scorched this planet and his Talaxians gave up. And the doctor, who, the guy who created the weapon, like basically the Oppenheimer mm. of this world, is trying to like 
find a cure for some radiation disease and he has to get Neelix's help for it because he believes Neelix might have it. But really, it turns out the bomb he used might be able to scatter people's matter. It's it scattered people's matter all over the place. But but like kept them in a suspended animation. So basically, he thinks he can pick the individual atoms of people out of the atmosphere and rebuild them. He wants to try and, you know, he wants to try and make good. So he thinks he can bring back everyone who was killed. He can't. It's not going to work. No, of course not. No, they're Fucking scattered insane. pieces. They almost get there, though. They almost transport someone on board. Oh, just one person? Almost. They try. Good job, mate. They try. He's <laughs> the work. one closest to the bomb. That's the best chance. Yeah. But, um... That's a really dark episode, and it's mm. like Ethan Phillips like pulling his masterclass because he's he's great at playing cartoony, silly characters. But you don't realize Ethan Phillips is like a really good dramatic actor who's like you crop up. Look at his film profile; he's in tons of shit. Oh, he's in so much stuff. He was in the fucking he was in that Michael Bay film about clones. What the island? Yeah, was he? <laughs> yeah. He's he's one of my, uh, one of uh, Thingy's best friends. One of uh, Ewan McGregor's best friends. Good old Ethan Phillips. Yeah. He um. In Star Trek First Contact as a holodeck croupier. He's a doctor in something I watched recently as well. Um, I remember once, loads of the Voyager cast were in Roots the New Generation. And I remember once turning on TV. Is that just because I thought I was. was in it? For, honestly, for like five, ten minutes, I watched this thing. I was like, oh, this must be some holodeck episode of Voyager. Because <laughs> there's Janeway, there's John Delancey and shit going on. Like loads of people riding horses and shit. Oh, they've gone to an old west or something. Oh no, 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 it's 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 Roots, the new generation. <laughs> it's Reading Rainbow. What was that guy's name? What, Reading Rainbow? Yeah, who was the guy who was in Reading Rainbow? Ah, LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton, that's yeah. it. Because he was in the original Roots, wasn't he? Yeah. I thought that might Kinte. Yeah. Do you remember Lance Riddick on the Eric Andre show? Where he's like, he's pretending to have a breakdown trying to be a serious actor. And it's like, all right, well, have a good one, Lance. And he's like, yeah, okay. And he wanders off. And then the next shot is him topless on the stage wearing the LeVar Burton eye thing going, I'm Kunta Kinte. Like, flexing everyone. Lance Reddick is a fucking madman. I love him. Um, all right, cool. All right, so Star Trek, Enterprise. Voyager. Voyager. First season. Good. Good. Good stuff. I watched a movie. Oh, yeah. I only just noticed watching this. What? Um, that Listen. Roxanne Dawson, yeah. who directs stuff nowadays. She yeah. directs a lot of stuff. Right. Who plays Blunt Toys. I only realised watching this that one of her eyes is lower than the other. And I've never noticed that before. Does she before. not just tilt her head a lot? Well, I've noticed, after I noticed it, I realised the camera angles quite often have her head tilted in a way so you can't. Say, yeah. Like... But, um... Yeah, I only just noticed that. Oh, uh, quick Elon poll watch. 58% say yes to Elon stepping down. He's going to delete the poll. Too many choices. Too Too many many options. Too many options. It's only no going forward. No. (laughs) Um, So, who was this woman you were saying? Rebecca? Roxanne Dawson. Roxanne Dawson. I don't know who that is. I'm just going to quickly... Roxanne Biggs Dawson. She was known as for a year because she was married to... um... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, realize, I never realised. She's the Klingon lady. I She's like half she Klingon. Does, she does tilt her head a lot, doesn't she? Yeah, I noticed that in the... Sh- that, like, all the shots are shot. You know what, though? She's very pretty but in But every the now and Star again, Wars she looks days. face on. And she is very pretty in the Star Wars days. So I don't know why... Star Trek, yeah, Bad Lana Torres. Yeah, she was hot. She's very hot. Lana Torres was tasty. And then you'd, when, think, you'd think they'd give her, like, maybe a little bit more makeup to make the eye less obvious. But when they brought Jerry Ryan into it, those two were, like, clashing. And I entirely think... Like, the characters, not... Because Jerry Ryan was seven of nine, mm-hmm. um, I entirely think it's because like the people writing the show thought hot women will hate each other, and I think that's why they had them clashing on the show all the time. Oh, bad birthday though! 
What? September 11th. Oh, happy <laughs> no. Uh, I guess one good thing happened on September 11th. <laughs> anyway. They would have still been filming Voyager <laughs> still, probably. at that point. Yeah. Can I find what episodes <laughs> that happened? <laughs> I want to see if everyone just looks miserable for one. It was the crossover episode with Master of Disguise. Um, so I watched Banshees of Inisherin, which is the latest Neil McDowell film, who is the director of In Bruges. Um, this reunites uh, him with yeah. Colin Farrell and um, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Um, really simple story. It is a film set in the early early 1900s. So, well, it doesn't oh, really no, give you a date. It ended day. in May 2001. Oh, no. Well, oh. I guess a lot of bad things happened in 2001. Mm. Um, it is a story of two friends who live on a very small Irish island, quite a quite a secluded place where there's not many people and uh, and one day Brendan Gleeson goes to Colin Farrell and says I'm not going to be friends with you anymore we're not going to be friends I don't want to see you I don't want to hang out with you I just don't want to and Colin Farrell's like oh he doesn't really understand and he takes a second to process this and Brendan Gleeson's like that's it that's where we're leaving it and these two previously best friends are just completely separated so it's Colin Farrell trying to work out what he's done to Brendan Gleeson to upset him so much. And it's Brendan Gleeson... made Gleason, him jump off that clock tower. Yeah. And it's Brendan Gleeson slowly escalating things that he's willing to do to himself to prevent Colin Farrell from talking to him. And he isolates himself. He starts drinking with people he doesn't really like or, or doesn't really want to be around, including the local police officer who who is Barry Coygan's dad. So Barry Coygan's in this as well. Keegan. Keegan. Is it Keegan. Yeah, when it's C O E, it's like Keegan. Oh, okay. K- so Kagan, Barry, like Kagan, Barry Keegan, Keegan. Yeah, Barry Keegan in this. Um, obviously, he played the Joker in the deleted Batman scene. He was in Killing of a Sacred Deer, and a he's few other in films. the Batman. They shoehorned a Joker scene in at oh, the last they? minute, right in the. Well, he was in. He it fell out of place. He was previously in Killing of a Sacred Deer with yeah. Colin Farrell. He played the the creepy child who was cursing the family, and he was in Eternals. For all the people that remember Eternals, um, so yeah, it's just. A really small cast, and it's just these two people warring but not warring, and like the effect it has on the village, the effect it has on themselves, the way it poisons everything around them, and it gets to the point where Brendan Gleeson says to Colin Farrell, "Look, I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to hang out with you. And if you keep bothering me, I'm going to take a pair of shears I've got hanging in my hanging in my my um, living room. I'm going to cut off one of my fingers." All right. And Colin Farrell was like, "What?" And he goes. Yeah, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers. And Colin Farrell sort of jokingly, after Brendan Gleeson storms off after saying that, Colin Farrell like jokingly says, like, maybe I should test him because he can still play the fiddle because he's like the local fiddle player. He can still play the fiddle with three fingers. And Barry Keegan's like, he take Barry Keegan, sorry, takes this as fact and says, like, says, when are you going to tease him? When are you going to test him to see if he could do it? And he goes, no, I don't want to. I don't want my friend to lose a finger. And, uh, and then, like it escalates and eventually Brenda Gleason does cut off one of his fingers yeah. and lobs it at, at um, Colin Farrell's door. And it's just, it is just, it's such a, like a small, very, very small slice of this weird sort of, it, it, there are like things that make it feel like it could potentially be like some weird poison link to these women that are just, like they say, like, oh, banshees of Inishirin. Oh, there are ghouls that wander around, and there are just these ghouls. old women. There's these old women in robes mm. that go around, and they just say horrible shit to people. 
Not like... Not oh, that's like, just Irish. Yeah, not like was. you're a prick or anything like that. They're like, by the end of the week, one or two people are going to die. And like, oh, shut up, you old, you old bat. They just go it's on just, with the day. It's just Irish people. Yeah. Right? But it's just... it's it, Like, the film itself is so captivating because these two characters clearly love each other a lot. They're just best friends. They're not like... It's not like some hidden romance or anything like that. They're just really good They're mates. They're like um, Comran Beam and Raja Thingy from RRR. No. They can't um, be as good friends as them. They're just good mates. And it's just like the sudden breakdown of that relationship. And like, they don't ever tell you why it happened. Like, like Brendan Gleeson is very... He's like very vague about it. And he says like, I just don't like you. I just woke up one day and I didn't like you. You're boring. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. And Colin Farrell's like, oh, but you liked me yesterday. And he goes, yeah, I did. So, and you just don't like me now. He goes, no, I don't. <laughs> That's it. Like, the whole thing, the whole thing eventually ends with like, houses burning down, a donkey dies, a guy kills himself. And like, and by the end of it, they're still just not friends. <laughs> Like, there's no resolution. Like, there's, like, hints that they could potentially just be friends again. Mm. And, like, then there's also, like, a real weird darkness and sadness that's, like, appeared over everything. Even, like, Colin Farrell, who... Colin Farrell plays this a lot, like, just, like, he's a simple guy who likes to go to the pub with his mate, have a chat, and just, like, he has his pet donkey. He has a little donkey that's, like, his pet, and he loves him. And, uh... And, Played Buddy Murphy. No. Oh. And, uh... And Brendan Gleeson has his dog and he loves his dog. And they're just like, they're both just, they've got their little shit going on. Like Brendan Gleeson has his dog. He makes stuff and he sells stuff and that's his business. And then Colin Farrell has his donkey, has his donkey, has cows that he sells milk from and stuff like that. Like he has like a little farm basically. And, um, and, and Barry Keegan just starts hanging out at Brendan, uh, at Colin Farrell's house. He just starts living with him and, it's one of the fucking funniest lines in the film is, is, um, is Colin Farrell gets really pissed and he like just lets rip. He's like, you're a fucking arsehole. I don't know why you don't like me. Why would you fucking hang out with me? I don't fucking get it like that. And then the cop goes like, all right, seems like you've had enough. And he goes, you, you, Roger, your boy. <laughs> and he goes, you've been messing with your boy and playing with your boy. That's why he's living with me. That's why he's moved in with me. Cause he don't want to be around you. Cause you're a fiddler. <laughs> Like that. Not a musician. You're a fiddler. <laughs> like, and, and like the next day, the way they deal with it is Baron Keegan comes up to him and says like, says like, I know you said that stuff in my dad and it was really funny at the time, but it's not true. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't fiddle me. Why'd you say he fiddles me? Because everybody knows he fucking diddles you, mate. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like Barry Keegan does kind of steal a lot of the scenes he's in because he plays an even simpler character who's even more on the surface and very sweet. And very nice. There's a scene where he pre- declares his love to a girl. And the girl's like, I'm too old for you. And I'm not really attracted to you. So I don't think I'm, I want to go out with you. And he's like, he's like, well, that, that's that dream dead then. <laughs> just wanders off. He's like, I'm going to go continue doing the thing that I was doing over there. And he just points to a barren area of just lake. So I'm just going to go over there. And she's like, okay. And she doesn't try and comfort him. Knowing that he's completely heartbroken. Yeah. It's just like a realistic scene between two people, one of which is not interested in fucking the other one. Well, they live on a tiny island, right? It's so funny. So no, they're just... not related. They're not related. They could have just that. murdered her. And... Oh, that's true. No one knows. It's so much sadder what happens. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the whole film is just great. Like it is all about character interaction. It's it, like the setting. <clears throat> you couldn't set this in a city. You couldn't set it in like a big developed area. The script is so reliant on these people being bored and separated from the mainland, having limited interaction with anyone outside. And, like, the way that 
the way they do interact with people. Because I kind of get the feeling that, like, they are, some of them are nasty people, but they're nasty in, like, a very stupid way. Like, at one point, Colin Farrell tells someone they've just had a telegraph that, that, <laughs> there's a guy in town, he's like, I just had a telegraph that says your, says your, uh, says your dad's dead. He goes, my dad's dead? My dad died a few years ago. And he goes, oh no, it must have been your ma. He goes, oh, did they say how she died? And he went, he went, yeah, she was hit by a dairy truck. And he goes, oh no. Oh no. And he goes, well, oh, yeah, it happens. And he goes, yeah, I know it does. That's how my dad died. <laughs> and he goes, and as he's, as he's running off to go back to the mainland, he goes, it better not be the same dairy truck that got dad. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I was just like, just. It sounds like we should let Martin McDonough make um make a new Father Ted. Yeah. Just, except nothing to do with Father Ted. Just do the same premise. Yeah, just get Hatsune Miike's name off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, just don't call it Father Ted or anything. Just I, do the same premise. This, Colin like, Farrell and Brendan Gleeson just so, living together in a... <laughs> there, there are films I, I love that are like this. Killing of a Sacred Deer and, and In Bruges are two films that are just so weird. He also did The Guard, didn't he? He did uh, no the guy from someone else, yeah. Because yeah. it's this there's Martin McDonough and Thingy McDonough in there. Yeah, yeah. Brothers. So So um he did in Bruges, he mm. did this, and he did something else as well. Killing of a Sacred Deer was as uh, whatever his name is, the uh, Turkish guy. Um, John Michael McDonough did the guard. That's it. Cause he's um yeah, Michael he's the other McDonough's Martin McDonough's brother. Yeah. because um, John McDonough is the one who did uh, Layer Cake. Yes, he is, yeah. yeah. The God's good. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, what did he do? As, oh, he's married to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Good on him. He's 52 as well. well he's doing all right for himself. I could, I, I could marry Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, did he did layer cake? Oh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. He didn't do many. Yeah. And seven psychopaths. And in Bruges. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's. I mean, free free billboards for everybody like turning on it after it was released. Well, Matthew Vaughan did Layer King. Yeah, Matthew Vaughan did. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, because it was uh, what's his name's. It's the weird company that produced. Um, what was it? The Golden Compass, not the Golden Compass. Um, Kingsman. He did Kingsman as well. It's his production company on both of those. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's one of those films that's really gonna fucking stick with me, and I I. Immediately after watching it, like you just take a second just to reflect on what you've watched, and it's it's because his films don't end in a way that says like, "Oh, the story's over." You you get a sense of the characters. You know that they exist still in these worlds. I mean, even like in Bruges, hmm. at the end of In Bruges, where um, Colin Farrell's lying on the ground shot, and he's just like, he's just like, oh, "I don't feel like this is what death feels like," or whatever the final line of that. It's just like a pontification on what's happening to him. Yeah, and it's like, I hope I survive. And it's like, okay, story's not over. Oh, it's over. <laughs> I still like the Should end. Have of- shot that kid in Bruges. The end of in Bruges is. Uh- You're a fucking inanimate fucking object. <laughs> this is the best fucking line in that film. Them's the rules, mate. Yeah. I've got to you know, live by the code. <laughs> no, he's not a child. <laughs> it's just, no, it's not a child. It's just a. Oh well, so much for that then. Yeah, in Bruges is great. It is really good. And there's that whole deleted scene with Matthew Smith. Where he's playing the young. Ray. Have you not seen that? No. He plays the young version of Ray Fiennes. Oh, really? And he got um, he got caught by the police for something, and he just wanders into the police station with a machete and kills a police officer. Just lops his head off. Fuck. And it's just like he swings it, and the head comes off, and then he just stands there with his arms out, going, "Arrest me!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right. No, I, I'll, I'll check that out. But yeah, like really, really good. Banshees of Inisherin. It, it Like it works so well. Like I said, it it could almost be like a horror or a, a mystical sort of like, there, it could be so many things, but it is just a very simple story and the surroundings and the way it's shot and directed and acted just give you hints at this darker universe. Oh, the well, fucking Quartering is offering to become the new CEO of Twitter for Elon. He's like, I'll take the job. I'll look after. I can do it. I want to do it. I can keep it alive. Not only that, grow it far beyond what it is now. I have a complex understand of alt tech. Can't even spell understanding what Twitter needs and what creators alt need. Alt tech? What is alt tech? I also have dozens of years running marketing agency represents a Fortune 500 company. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is developing. Developing yeah. stuff. It's uh he looks like he's out. <laughs> <sighs> I can't see the quarterings on here, but I guess that's because I've blocked loads of right wing. No, this is Can't further see. down. This is like some picture someone's tweeted. Oh right. Yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway, what are you doing now? No, oh, that was my review. I give it to Tom Atkins. Like if you get the chance to see this in cinemas, go see it in cinemas. Um, I saw it in cinema in Guildford. I went to like a daytime showing because like, I had some time off. Um, and the fact that there isn't a lot of music and it's just like a lot of the sound of the wind going through the valleys and stuff like that, it just sets a scene so fucking much. It's so good. And it's it's nice to watch a film where they use sound properly. Like it sets the... It, it feels a bit like... Do you remember The Hateful Eight? And seeing mm. that and like there's no... There's only diegetic music in that. And then the rest of it is the sound of the wind whipping outside. And like when they're inside, you can hear it like hitting and impacting properly. Yeah, I never watched it. Do you not? I didn't, be How have you not watched so many films? I can't be asked anymore, man. Oh, fair enough. If they're not RRR, I'm going to see Megan. Oh, yeah, Mafregan. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> I'm going to see Mafregan. I'm absolutely watching that. I thought Jennifer Connelly was in it. It's not. It's some other woman who just no, looks... No, it's al- uh, the woman from... Um, she looks exactly like Jennifer Connelly. She's the woman Connelly. from Get Out. No, she's the one from Get Out. Is she? Yeah, the daughter. Yeah, she looks like Jennifer Connelly in the trailer. I still find it weird that no one's picked up on like <clears> you know in um you know in Get Out. I rewatched it recently, and there's a scene where she's looking at basketball players and eating cereal. Yeah, and someone was like, "She's she's just eating a snack while she's picture while she's looking through like the next potential victims." I was like, "No, she's doing positive reinforcement on herself." So when she's looking at stuff that she doesn't necessarily find appealing she's eating something sweet Mm. to trigger her mind into thinking that that's a reward for something and they were like no 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 it's not that deep and I was like you realise it's a Jordan Peele film right like he does think about all this shit like that's what it is like I don't know how people don't understand what positive reinforcement is you can tell they're all quartering fans (laughs) Mm. they would have voted for Obama a third time if they could dumb lolly cunt fucking the quartering he's a pedo he lives in a basement. He has a fucking net beer. And he tells stories about how he shits and pisses himself. He's a fucking incel, fucking little lolly lover. Isn't his people. wife like some rich lawyer? And that's yeah, his wife's like a super rich lawyer, and she's definitely sleeping with somebody who's actually got a dick. Yeah, and not some little pedo cunt living in a basement. She's essentially got a pet chud. <clears throat> that's where he is. I ran a fourteen five hundred company advertising for some of the biggest companies in the world, mate. You're on four chan, posting links to your own fucking videos. Stop lying, you dumb cunt. Your review app. <sighs> Go on, start talking about Avatar 2. No, I got Haslab <laughs> Victory Saber. Yeah. Okay, this is exclusive. Yep. You can't buy these in the shops. Can you not? No. 
No, literally only the ones from the Haslab backers get them. They're not going to be available in shops at all. Like that Unicron they did. Um, it's a lot of figure, this. 170 quid this was. Because, like, you see there's these two little micro-machines? You get two little micro-machines, right? Yeah? Two little yeah. micro-machines. Right, okay, I'm going to need to move his arms out of the way and stuff. But he's got a sword there with a shield. Really good. But um, his chest, like, that's another guy. There's another guy in his chest. See, that? that's another guy in there, right? Okay? This is what you get. Because the big body here, this is like, you know how Optimus Prime has a trailer? Yeah. This body turns into, like, a trailer, a part of a starship. And mm-hmm. the little guy turns into the spaceship that connects to it. So it's kind of like a trailer. But but I'm not even done here, right? So you know this guy, the little guy that was inside his chest? Yeah. Right? If you open his chest up, right? If you open his chest up, I can't freaking do it. Ah, I pulled the chest off. Um, He's got an even smaller guy inside him. What? He's got a tiny guy inside him. He's a triple him. changer. No, that's not what a triple changer is. A triple changer turns it. Well, I mean, he does turn into a base as well. But yeah, there you go. He's got a tiny guy who becomes the face for him. See, there he is. Little tiny guy. Little tiny guy. You can't see him. Oh, tiny, tiny guy. Yeah, he's tight. I'll sw- swallow him by accident. Don't swallow him. And you also get Victory Leo, who's his buddy, who is the reincarnated form of Jinrai, who was the main lead leader of the Autobots in the previous series. Yeah. Optimus Prime's soul is in that guy. Um, he becomes armour for this guy, turns him into Victory Sabre. Okay. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of different bits connecting yeah. and dividing. But um yeah, this is this was this was a Haslab project that was run last year. Yeah. Um September time, October so, time. So one thing, before we go <clears throat> what's Haslab? Haslab's like their thing where they go like you must have seen these things. No, no, they do and, it for and, all and sorts this is of for people that aren't that aren't like big transformers. Haslab's people. like their okay, we're gonna do this crazy project, this toy. That's too big to go in store shelves or, you know, would be prohibitively expensive to do in store shelves and stuff. And, you know, if they get enough people back in it, it gets made. Like, do you see they're doing that Ghost Rider a while ago? The Ghost Rider car. They were pushing that for a bit. What? This feels more important <laughs> than Craig's. Um, do you remember they were doing the Ghost Rider car last month? A couple months ago. And it was going to be... You know the Mexican Ghost Rider? What's his name? The Latino Ghost Rider? Oh, uh, um... Robbie Reyes. Yeah. Um, it was going to be him with the car, and they wanted 300 and some odd quid for, like, a car that lit up a bit. Um, and that wasn't successful. It's not letting me see one. the replies on that <clears throat> that tweet. I want to see the psychos. But, um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't successful, that one. But that's the thing. You, oh, okay. Certain amount of backers, if they hit the certain target, then they make it. So far, Transformers is the only brand that's succeeded every time. It's had three so far, and every single one's been a success. Because um, Star Wars had that failed one, didn't they, for... Was it the Rancor uh, monster they were doing? And they did a G.I. Joe one that failed. Um, and Marvel's now had one that failed. Because Marvel's already had the Sentinel and um, Galactus. Have you seen that Galactus they did? No. It's fucking ridiculous. It's bigger than... You know this big boy here? You know big black Zarak? Yeah. It's, like, really big. Yeah. Galactus is bigger than that. Okay. Quite a bit bigger. It's fucking huge. Is it person size? Nearly. It's oh, pretty okay. big. Um, you have to... It comes in parts. You have to put it together. <laughs> oh, this this pole is not going in the direction he wants it to. But, um, yeah, so Victory Sabre is a big old thing from that. It's a really nicely made thing. It feels premium. It's got some little touches that you wouldn't get on retail releases, I'd say. 
bit more paint than usual. It's got shiny bits. You don't get shiny bits on retail releases these days. You don't get any of that. Um, it's got more articulation than normal. He's got butterfly joints in his shoulders, right? He's got an ab crunch. You don't get ab crunches on many figures nowadays. Even the little guy, Saber, the little guy's called Saber, he's got an ab crunch. It's part of his transformation, but it counts. It's there. Um, and even he's got elbows, biceps, swivel. He's got wrists. He's got wrists that, even though they fold away, still have wrist articulation. That's a rarity. Like they've really they've gone the extra mile with this. Yeah, feels good. Um, it feels good. I've had seen some people having QA issues, like little things going wrong with the figures. Um, I know one guy, um, Gav Spence, good lad. Met him at TF Nation. Um, he didn't get his sword. There's supposed to be a sword in it, and he didn't get it. Um, I got my sword in your face, Gav. Fucking look, the shield. Yeah, let's take the shield off. It comes with a flight stand. Yeah. So there's a shield, and the sword can go inside it. And you can get the sword. Okay. But if you don't like the way the sword looks, right, you can take the blade out and put it a different way round. So you can change the orientation? Yeah. Like the PS2 logo? It's pretty good, that. Yeah, like the PS2 logo <laughs> on your PS2. Exactly like that. Um, that's the nose cone for the jet mode as well. Oh, I see. Yeah. But um, it's a whole lot of figure, man. You've got a shield, you've got a massive fucking cannon that Victory Leo can hold. Um, Victory Leo turns into a lion thing, and he also turns into this spaceship. But the spaceship thing looks like shite because when they did the cartoon, the developer, the designers working on the cartoon were fucking around with the toy for Victory Leo, right? And they went, if we put him like this, he vaguely looks like a spaceship, and so that ended up in the cartoon. <laughs> and now every toy of him has to turn into this shit-looking spaceship. Um, but no, they've they've done really good. Um, the only issues I've had is a tiny, tiny little bit of paint rubbed off on one corner on his shoulder. little Barely visible. Um, and the MicroMasters are just rubbish because they're MicroMasters. Apparently the legs are on the wrong way around on one of them. I can't be asked to fix that. Um, those MicroMasters are just going to stand somewhere and I'm going to ignore them. Cause... Okay. But um, Deathsaurus is the villain that he's from the cartoon he's on Transformers Victory. Deathsaurus. 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 Um, and he's just had a HasLab project. A drive backed, hundred ninety quid. Uh, there's there's less in that. He's bigger though, I guess. Um, I'll be getting that next year, I guess. If I survive, who knows? Maybe I'll be dead by then. I don't know. Who can really know? But um, Death Source is quite cool because the Hasbro have to keep walking around saying Breast Force. They don't want to say Breast Force. Death Source is the leader of the Breast Force. That's what they called them in Japan. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, their gimmick was that they had a breastplate, right? You know, like knights and warriors may have. And the breastplate would jump off and turn into an animal and a weapon. And Deathsaurus has two of them. Two weapons? Yeah, he's got one that turns into a winged beast. A winged beast. And another one that turns into a lion. But the lion's got, like, wing-shaped things coming off him, so it's a bit confusing. But he also turns into a bow and arrow. Um, and Death Source turns into a big chicken man. He turns into a uh, Gigan, basically. Oh, right, cool. Looks like Gigan. Yeah. But I'll get that next year, and then I'll have I'll have you getting a Gigan, Victory Saber, and Death Saurus, and you know all the people who have been wanting Transformers Victory figures for years can shut up now. They've got them. They can just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. There's a new one actually. They released um, an obscure character called Galaxy Shuttle. They um, they released that. 
Galaxy Shuttle. Yeah, he's like he was like a MicroMaster based the original toy, but they've done a repaint of an Astro Train, so now he turns into a train as well. Oh, nice as a shuttle, but they're not going to spend money making a new figure for that. Um, and some people have gone, we want a Leo Kaiser. They did a Leo Kaiser a few years ago. That's another character. Leo Kaiser is a whole other thing. I want the motivators. Um, Mr. Motivator. They're good. I've got one I've got one of the original Motivator toys um, who was a brain master, like Victory Sabre. That's what they call the little man that goes inside and becomes a face. Because on the original toys, you put them inside and you close the little door up and it would force their legs into their body, which is probably quite violent for them, yeah. and make a head come out. From their body, and that became the mask that became the face of the robot. And they they were called Brain Masters. I wanted to bring them back, but um, yeah, Victory Saber, he's really good. Is he worth 170 quid? Probably, yeah, it's quite nice. That box is massive. Um, that was a fucking roller coaster, then. <laughs> yeah, is he worth 170 quid? Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, you can't buy one now. That's true. Look on eBay how much of tra- has Lab Victory Saber cost. You should look it up. No, you should look to. it up. No, I'm not going to. Because <laughs> if ever you need some money, you could I'll kill just me. Fucking kill you and sell the yeah, sell it. Yeah. The box. When I took it out of the box, um, I pulled it out and the whole sleeve stayed inside the box. So that ruined the presentation experience. Yeah. So I took it out and put it back on, and then did it properly. Um, but the sleeve you can open and unfold the opposite way around, and it has like oh, it's like an alternative setting. Yeah, there's like because you got that cover there, you can see it's all like shiny and it's got metallicized text on it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Really cool artwork by was that Guido Guidi or Don Figueroa? I can't remember. Um, but the other side of the box has got like looks like the Japanese toy box art from the eighties, oh, like okay. all redone, modernized. And there's like a cardboard print inside it. Um, I haven't taken the blast effects out. There's a whole bunch of cool blast effect pieces. I haven't taken them out. But what I really like is the stand. And I would like more stands with my Transformers. Especially those 170-odd quid friggin' train figures I've been getting who come with a base for a flight stand, but no flight stand, no arm to attach them to. So they can achieve flight. So they can't actually, yeah. Yeah. So could I get some of them, please? That fix onto that track because I don't know what ones you're buying. I've been trying to find them. Apparently, the same as the ones you get with the Starscream figures, but I ain't buying six Starscream figures. Why not? You love Starscream. Have <laughs> friggin' flight stand on. He's your favourite. You've said this um, multiple times. I do like Starscream. I have multiple Starscreams. I'm going to get a new one soon. <laughs> so and then you get a base. Yeah, you'll have one base. I've got a masterpiece Starscream. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. it I've looks got like, like a twenty-five gun- quid. It looks like a Gundam. Twenty-five quid. It looks like a Gundam. Well, he was designed by. One of the guys the who Gundam designed Gundam. <laughs> so was Star Saber. Oh, can right. you tell he was designed by? Yeah, I can because the fucking color like is Gundam. the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, what colors are we gonna do here? Was don't, he Gundam, don't take no. It was the Robotech Robo. designer who did Star Screen. <laughs> That's why it's slightly more muted. Yeah, he yeah. does have a. Um, you know the Robotech yeah. Gerwalk. He has a Gerwalk mode you can do. With oh, it. nice. Yeah. Um, Tank mode activate. Doesn't like standing though. He's very bad at standing. He falls over all the time. Spinal injury. No, he's just got bad legs, really bad feet. Um, bad legs and feet. He's got no heels, just literally oh, can't... St- that'll do it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, anyway, Star Saber, um, you can't buy one. No, 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 no. Unless you want to spend 500 and some odd quid, because that's no. how much they're going for no. right now. Have you Never. seen how much a Unicron is going for? No. Because that was the first HasLab, you know, the really big Unicron. So is it just like Lego Labs? No, but they go in shops, don't they? You can buy well, no, them. No, the Lego ones they get voted on. Yeah, but they end up in yeah. shops. Like yeah. you can get the Lego. But this is like limited runs of figures they're considering yeah. doing, or like did... reprints and stuff. I think they end up with like twenty thousand of these. Yeah. So it's not that limited, but no, but it's limited enough that like 
Does it get a numbered card and shit that comes No, with? no, it would be nice. I want a number. Uh, Which number can I have? One. Cheers. Sweet. Can you write it on the box? Some? Yeah. In Sharpie. <laughs> put it on eBay. <laughs> the first one, number one. You can tell because the fleshing around the fucking, the printing, around the um, the casting is all fucked. Yeah. But I'm going to need to make some room for display. My big boy shelves, kind of. I need to get, like, I need to get some display shelves so I can have a Rodimus hot rod section. And then the big boy shelf will have room for Star Saber, Victory Saber, all this. It's a shame you didn't have two of these because I think that they look like they could fit together pretty easily. Yeah, no, I got out of Christian. I pinched it off him. Oh, okay. He was moving house and he didn't need it, so I took it. But yeah, you're gonna have to stop getting some. I want to take the wardrobe apart at some point because yeah, it's old and four shit. pieces. Smash the shit. But um, yeah, down, I'm gonna need the room for when Death Saurus turns up, aren't I? Because he's just as big. You know, I just brought Death Stranding on Steam. Oh, did you? Speaking of Steam, have you seen Avatar 2, The Way of Water, Ant? No. Okay. Am I okay to review it now? Yeah, whatever. I'm not watching it. All right. <laughs> I watched Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Do you know how many times I watched Avatar 2? Two times, Ant! <laughs> Why? Because I went to go see Avatar 2 in 3D um, initially. I went to 3D not high frame rate. But with like, oh, what they've done a high frame rate version. Yeah, it's got like high frame rate scenes in it. So, <sighs> but uh, you know, Jimmy... wait, the whole thing's not high frame. Rate. No, 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 no. Certain scenes are. It's Jimmy Cameron, isn't it? He's going to do all the tricks, all the tricks and tips coming from Jimmy Cam's. Um, so, Avatar Two is a sequel to the two thousand and nine film. I hate that they Avatar. call him Jim Cameron nowadays. What, Jimsy? Yeah, he should be James Cameron. That sounds good. Jimsy boy. Jim Cameron. No, because sounds... this is nice James Cameron now. He's he's learnt the error of his ways. He used to be a not nice guy. Now he's a nice guy. He almost killed Kate Winslet, but now they're friends again. Yeah, but when I almost killed Kate Winslet... Yeah, um... but vehicular manslaughter is different from drowning. Oh. And you tried both. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so old Jimmy Cams is back in the world of Avatar. So this is the this is the second film in a planned trilogy. The third film has been shot. It was shot at the same time as this one. Um, it is the continued story of Jake Sully, the Avatar, uh, the Avatar man... Who at the la- end of the last film, if you don't remember, he had his mind fully transferred into the Avatar so he could be Avatar forever. Yay! Yeah, so he could be Jixuli forever. Because that's how they said his name. Um, so Avatar 2 picks up 10 years after the first Avatar. And guess what? Them people are back. Uh, but this time, they're not just looking for unobtainium, the the thing they were looking for in the first film. Yeah, the made up. The ma- well, no, it's actually a real thing. Unobtainium is real. No, unobtainium is a joke term that yeah, scientists yeah, yeah, use yeah, yeah. for something that doesn't exist. It is exist. real in that case. Yeah, okay. Sure. But in a joke yeah. case, it's real. Um, so Jake Sully is like, <coughs> okay, fuck, they're coming back. And for a brief time, he fights them. But then the humans have a new weapon on their side. Guess what it is? They've reanimated all your favourite characters that died at the end of the last film That's as true. Avatar blends. Ah. So, you know, even like Stephen Lang, yeah. he was like, ah, shit, Pandora, shit you out. You don't behave yourself. He's back again. Doesn't have his scars, but for some reason his avatar does have his tattoos. I didn't, I didn't know why. Did no, they no. bring back Giovanni Ribisi as Giovanni well? Ribisi's in it very briefly. Sweet. So Giovanni Ribisi is in this film for about two seconds on a hollow Phoebe's screen. Brother. Yeah. He's in it for about two seconds on a hollow screen. Basically, Stephen Lang is like, listen here, boy, you got killed on that planet by that Jake Sully fella. So now, you've been reanimated as an Avatar man. Or at least, if you're listening to this, I was killed by Jake Sully. And just keep saying the name Jake Sully. 
about twenty times. And then and then he's like and he's like, so now the government have got you going out there to capture those things and kill them and do what you were doing before. But now with this brand new party, and then like his mates who were also killed are also back. And in one of the funniest things in the world, they have Oakley wrap around sunglasses for avatars. <laughs> like big pairs of Oakley wrap around on one of these avatars. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, so, so basically, um, Jake Sully, um, after seeing that, that, that Stephen Lang is back, says, it's too dangerous for me to stay here. I'm going to leave my people and I'm going to travel out to a different, a different group so that they don't hunt you guys trying to find me. Cause this is about, Killing me. Stephen Lang is looking for revenge for what happened in the last film. Yeah, I would. Um, and so he, he goes to the people that live on the water. And he's like, listen, I'm from another tribe, but I'm, I'm here looking to basically join your tribe because people that were hunting me are going to kill the tribe I was with. They don't know I'm here. They don't know your people exist. And I just basically, I'm coming here to learn your ways and be part of your tribe. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Meanwhile, Stephen Lang has um, has been hunting down Jake Sully and eventually finds his children. Uh, oh, by the way, in the meantime, Jake has had four kids. And Sigourney Weaver's back as Yay. a young Avatar girl. Oh. Yeah. Um, they don't really explain it very well. At one point, they say that she was born of Sigourney Weaver's dead Avatar because they, like, stay in a, like, stasis mode. You know when, like, they come out of the Avatar? Wait, someone banged the corpse? Yeah, it's hinted that it was Norm, who is the tall guy, the, the nerdy researcher from the first film. But I don't know if that was just meant to be, like, a really distasteful joke, or if that's something that really happened. I don't remember that character Do you at not? all. I don't remember characters How many times did you watch Avatar? Once. All right, I watched that it was enough. I watched it a bunch of times, because we had it at work. When I worked at Curry's, and it came with every 3D Panasonic TV... Yeah. And they just have it playing. Well, for a while, it was the only way to get a 3D version, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, buying a TV. Or working in curries and stealing a copy. Not that I'm condoning theft, but sometimes it happens. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, Jake Sully moves to the water. Eventually, Stephen Lang finds him and discovers that Jake Sully has adopted Stephen Lang's son. So, Stephen Lang, when he was on the base, he had been living there for a while and he had a baby with one of the residents of the human base. Yeah. And he thought the baby would just be teleported off or transported off Earth when he died. He thought, like, like when we're done here, the baby's just going to go back to Earth with his mother and everyone else. Turns out you can't put a baby into hypersleep because it's not good for them. Oh. Because they're growing. Oh. So adults can only hypersleep. Oh. So the baby was just left behind. And Jake Sully's kind of adopted it as his son. A human baby. Yeah. Not an Avatar baby. Not an Avatar baby. There's, okay. there's a human baby. He's got four Avatar babies. He's got a human baby. And Jake Sully's human baby is called Spider. And Spider is basically like um, Stephen Lang's son. And at some point, Stephen Lang finds out about him and kidnaps him. He's like, he's like, I know you don't like me. I know you won't betray your people. But betray your people and like me because I'm your dad. He's like, I don't like you, but I respect the shit out of you. <laughs> um, anyway, so then Stephen Lang finds a ship. Where they kill whales, but space whales. Um, they kill space whales for a, for a chemical inside the space whale's brain that allows people to live forever. Sweet. In a world where you can clone your body, transport your consciousness into that body permanently, as they have done with Stephen Lang and multiple people, 
They need a cure for death because they don't already have enough cures for death. Well, they did the same. Maze Runner needed a cure for death as well. So. No, Maze Runner needed a cure for the for the disease, the the spore disease, the thing that because the sunspots were causing a disease <clears throat> which turned Walton Goggins into a zombie. Don't you dare talk about Maze Runners if you've seen those films, right? The death cure is just a witty title. Oh, is it? All right. Don't you don't you start talking about Maze Runners if it isn't the greatest series of films ever made? All right. You haven't even seen Maze Runner. Yeah, good. How fucking dare you? You scumbag. I ain't going to watch fucking Maze Runner. Maze Runner's amazing! Anyway, enough about Maze Runner. A much better film than Avatar 2. No, okay, right. So they basically, yeah, they have to hunt these whales to get this stuff that's redundant in a universe where you can clone yourself and just put your mind into a new body. Yeah. It's just pointless. But they want to do it anyway because it's worth a lot of money. Although it doesn't really make sense that it's worth any money when there is another readily available way to do the exact same thing. Potentially improving your body in the process. But you'd also be, like, blue? No, 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 because they can clone human bodies. Oh. They just transfer consciousness to human bodies. Like, the only reason they put them in avatar bodies is because they're more useful on the Pandora planet. I can't remember what went on in that film. Anyway... Um so, needless to say, everybody gets all upset. Oh, Kate Winslet and Cliff Curtis are in this. Oh, sweet. Cliff Curtis is really good. One thing I'll say is everybody's actually quite good. Even Jake Sully is a little bit more interesting in this one. Well, he's had years to practice acting, hasn't he? In um, all those films he's done. Yes. He was in that one where he was on the window Titan. Sill. Oh, yeah, he was on the ledge. Yeah. The ledge. And he was in Titan. Do you remember Titan? No. Where he's an astronaut and they're like, we're going to transform your body so you're better at space. And he's like... Yeah. And he's like, my ears dropped off. And they're like, that's normal. <laughs> Did not watch it. <laughs> my penis dropped off. And like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> Just keep letting that stuff happen. <laughs> he's like, okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, everybody's really good in this. Um, and it ends with a big action scene. It's like 10 times Titanic. It's got a big boat. It's a big whaling boat because these, these space whales are massive. And they extract this little thing out of them. And then they just dump the bodies. Um, How massive? Like, fucking huge. Like, the size... Are they bigger than jungle? Bigger than jungle. I heard jungle is massive. Jungle is massive. These are bigger than jungle. These are bigger than jungle. I can't remember how this goes together. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, like, <clears throat> the whole the whole plot is nonsense. It's pointless. Like, like I said, like, there's no reason for them to have a space exploration program to extract a very small vial of chemicals from a whale to extend someone's life when they can just clone themselves. So has, like, James Cameron just found out about whaling? Well, he's a vegan now, isn't he? And all that other stuff. He's, like, like super crazy about all that stuff. Not like me. He's super crazy about forcing people to watch Titanic. Not like me, one of the regular vegans that's nice to people. Jimmy Cams is a fucking nut job. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so, um, it's, it looks beautiful, looks really amazing. Everyone's really good in it. It's just, it is just a very silly action film made by someone who is very good at making big, silly action films. Look, he's making masterpieces. Yeah. That you, I, no, no, no. Honestly, James Cameron, even Piranha 2, The Spawning is an okay film, right? (laughs) And he makes really good movies and he gets really good performances from everyone involved. And this is, it's, 
One of the things that I found most interesting is that I watched the first Avatar a little while ago <clears> in preparation for this. Yeah. And the special effects still hold up, still looks pretty good. There are some ropey bits where it's like comped, where they've like comped people's faces on the mask to make them look bigger through the plastic um, when they're not actually there. They've just comped it because that allows them to do the 3D effect. See, I haven't, well, I haven't enjoyed a James Cameron film properly since... True Lies? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to think, what did he do after True Lies? Titanic. Titanic was before True Lies. No, it's after True Lies. Oh, it was 98, wasn't yeah. it? Okay, so wait, let's have a look at some of the films he's done. So he did... He's done fuck all. Titanic. Titanic. No, you got Piranha, which doesn't count. Piranha 2, the spawn. He got sorry. fired. Yeah. Um, Terminator, Terminator 2, Abyss, Aliens, um, True Lies. And then he does Titanic in 97, then fuck all for night 12 years. And then he does Avatar. Yeah. He wanted to do Avatar in the 90s, but the technology wasn't there yet. I know, he always says that. He wanted to do Elite Battle Angel as well, because that was meant to be his next film after Titanic. Oh, yeah, so it was. But um, people forget that he was all all in on that, yeah. and then it didn't happen. And then Robbie Rodriguez made it. Well, he, Cameron produced it, didn't he? Yeah. It was all right, that film. Yeah. It wasn't a masterpiece, like all the incels said, but it was all right. Yes, yeah, it was all right. Um, anyway, so Avatar 2. It's like a big... Very popcorny action film with a really silly plot, but it's beautiful looking. Um, some compelling characters in there. Just, it, you know, it is, it is just one of those films that it's three and a half hours long almost. Yeah. And, you know. Does it need to be? Do they sing the song from Fern Gully in this one? You know what? Like, the thing about this is that there are... The whole film, there are characters I wanted to see more of. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. There are characters that, like, Natiri, which is Osaldana's character, barely in it. Like, she doesn't really have a lot to do. I'm sure she has more to do. In the... You're shooting three films back to back. What you're yeah. going to do is characters are going to disappear for long periods of time. Oh, no, she's, like, in it, but she just doesn't have a lot to do as a character. Yeah. No, like, the ending, she essentially just gets trapped in the sinking ship in the ending. The ending scene is fucking incredible. They're underwater, can't they? No. No. No, they can't hold their breath the like, for guys, a long time. The water guys can, they can't No, they? They, still, they still need oxygen. Oh. They, still, they don't have gills or anything. They basically... There are... Um, so you know how they had the life tree in the other one, like yeah. the big fuck off tree. In this one, where they're near the ocean, they have like basically like a coral reef uh, that's like their tree of life, essentially, and oh, they can connect to, to it. Take the coral reef because that's dying. Yeah, actually, the coral reef's been growing back apparently. Yeah, there's been loads of like stuff to preserve and save. Yeah, it. James Cameron would know all about that. He does, but it, that was this was written ten years ago. Did I tell you what I wanted to do if I could ever do time travel? What, what would you do? I would travel back in time to the Titanic yeah. and I would put a plaque on the Titanic that just says, fuck off James Cameron <laughs> and then travel back. Like, make sure it's somewhere he pinpoint, definitely films. Pinpoint the first area that he's going to yeah. shoot. And not only will he find that, he'll have to put it in the film. Yeah. It's like... Historically accurate. Because he was determined to recreate the Titanic accurately. I just want to... I, I, if I could time travel, mm-hmm. I was trying to work out, if I time traveled to a place where someone was stop already Avatar standing... Stop <laughs> If I could time travel to a place where someone was already standing, would my matter replace theirs entirely? Only if you have the same mass at the same place at the same time. They wouldn't be able to but get there. Wouldn't it be like the mass was You're dependent... going to pop into existence in the past. No, I know, but like, wouldn't it be that my mass would oh, like essentially replace theirs because my existence is... Have you not seen Time Cop? 
I have. Yeah. But it's a ball in time, Carl. No two objects of the same mass can occupy the same space at the same time. Yeah, but no, no, no. But that's matching... You just bump them out of the that's way. That's matching cells. That's the the thing was... I mean, they'd, they'd explode if you just appeared in no, the middle of them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they would just explode, right? No, oh, yeah, because you fucking... Because they suddenly... You'd explode probably as well. No, no, no. Or you'd become some sort of, like, weird, like, fucked up amalgam. No, because you wouldn't merge. You would just I mean, The amount of energy that's involved in time travel. Yeah, no, but you would just replace the cells that are there. Like, you would essentially, like... You'd be charged with so many electrons that one of you's exploding. Yeah, them. And probably you. No, because I'd be wearing the Why suit. Why can't you just do something important with time travel? Like, put a plaque on the Titanic that says, fuck off James Cameron. <laughs> I want to replace someone. <laughs> And make them explode in an integral part of their life. It's like I want them to be down on one knee, right. proposing what's, to someone. His ex-wife's name, the one he's director. Oh, uh, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, I'll just put a sign that says Catherine Bigelow was here, <laughs> like in the Titanic. <laughs> I knew you were a vampire. Would that would that make him obsessed with killing Catherine Bigelow because he thinks she's yeah. a vampire because she yeah. was around on the Titanic? Well. They got divorced because she got fed up with all his... Like, yeah, he's a fucking... Well, so here's the thing, right? So, so James Cameron obviously has a message with this. He's like very much like, this is fucked up. We're fucking the planet up. And like they say in this one, it's not just about draining the resources now and making money on Earth. It's also the fact that Earth is fucked. We fucked it. We didn't do what we were supposed to do to reverse any of the damage we've done. So we need a new planet. And they're looking at Pandora because although it's not breathable atmosphere... Everything else matches the matches the world, so they can obviously. Wait, just it looks terraform. nice. They're well, they could just terraform. They've already managed to survive there. They've got mm. cities there at this point. Mm. Like in the beginning, when they come back, they like flame this entire area and just fucking build a city there. Well, imagine like a it's new the part place. where they destroyed a whole bunch of the forest in the last one. No, no, they they flame a bunch of new forest. Yeah, yeah, you see it like they fucking like flame bomb it, and then Edie Falco's like drinking coffee with a mech arm and a giant. Is cup. Paul Royce in it? No. Fucking Cameron, give Paul Royce a job. But um, so and the end, like the end hour of this is like one big action sequence where the oh, whaling God. ship is being attacked. Jermaine Clements disappears, um, and like Jermaine Clements is in it. Yeah, he's a uh, he he has the one one. Does he play the hippopotamus? No, he has a really funny line though, where they're like they're like, hey, there's like some grubby Australian people that are the whalers. Oh, they're like they're like Australians. yeah, they're like uh, they're the whalers, <clears throat> some larrikins. Um, they're the whalers and they turn to him and they go like listen what we're doing is funding your my, your little um, your little um, what's it called underwater biology what's the name of it I'm going to call it hydrobiology <laughs> it's not that marine biology <laughs> they're, they're basically funding his um, his research into the creatures of Pandora and what's underneath the water mm. through killing these animals and stealing what is basically just like a metaphor for ambergris um, and uh, and he's like, that's why I drink. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's his line. Just, and that's why I drink. <laughs> just it's Matt Perry in it. No, oh. I wish he was. Bravo, <laughs> Navi. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I come from New York. I'm City. just a regular avatar. <laughs> Nothing unusual here. I'll have one avatar beer, please. <laughs> You killed Jake Sully, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck off back where you came and tell him that Jake Sully sent you. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, there's a last, the last fight, like the big battle is amazing. Like it is a spectacle. It's fucking incredible. Like the ship's sinking and the ship is like its own continent floating on this fucking water. 
and they're just like people trapped in it and like Natiri's trapped in there with their daughter and trying to find a way out and then Jake Sully's having a fight against um against the uh, Stephen Lane's character um, again yeah like they're having just a knife fight they're having a giant avatar knife fight in yeah. this man fucking vehicle so like they're like ducking and stuff and going around and it is fucking incredible looking mm. this is the thing the film looks incredible it's entertaining to watch it is just really really high quality junk food <laughs> it's like a it's like going to a place that makes you a cheese toast when's the next Marvel film out I don't fucking know You're, I'll say the same thing when that comes out because when Avatar came out James Cameron got all stroppy that oh, Alice in Wonderland no Alice oh. in Wonderland came out didn't it oh yeah and Alice in Wonderland got a bunch of 3D screens and he was complaining that Avatar was being booted out of 3D screens yeah. for Alice in Wonderland the Alice in Wonderland film was dog shit as well yeah I went to see that in cinema people loved it I fucking hated it I saw it in London it was so bad mm. hey guess what I saw in London 4-2 the double quad yeah went on a date with a Welsh girl do you know what I saw in London what I went to the premiere of X-Files I want to believe <laughs> I got to I watched the film at the premiere the premiere. Yeah, McFly wait, were there. Wait, was that the one? Gary Wilmot was there. I thought you were going to say Gary Glitter then. Um, <laughs> he'll be at the next premiere. <coughs> yeah. Um, Billy Connolly wasn't there. I was a bit disappointed. I thought Billy Connolly was in the sequel. That is the sequel. Oh, I want to believe is the sequel. Yeah. So that's one where Billy Connolly's a paedophile. Yeah. <laughs> the X Files. That's wha- like one of the last things he did. Yeah. No. He's I... just basically retired for years since then. When was that released? 2005? Maybe around then, yeah. And then Last Samurai was 2007. Yeah, but it's much. No, Last Samurai is like 2002. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, right after the Twin Towers came down. Um, so Avatar 2, eh? It's uh, just high-quality junk food. It's like someone spending... spending. Do they ever uh, say when they get turned into an Avatar... I've been, been avatar <laughs> Can't, they can't say what that. I didn't think of that. You're the one who said it. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You said the same fucking time. I said nothing. Why is that something we're synced up on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jake, I see you've been avatarded. <laughs> I want them to just like progressively run out of ideas with these films. I want like the fourth one. To right. be like, um, we've got green avatars now, and that's I, like his only contribution. Look, here's the deal: if you're gonna see this film, you've probably already seen it because it's had like a pretty big opening weekend. I'm fucking dying after laughing. Um, it's like I said, it's it is so beautiful and so full of shit going on, and like this is the other thing as well. James Cameron knows how to use tech. The 3D is fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah. it's really... I mean, it's one of the few things where I'd consider watching a film in 3D now, because, like, the first Avatar film did 3D right. It was... Because uh, so, I freaking... I hate poking out the screen yeah. 3D. Avatar's 3D is depth. Yeah. Like. Which is the same here. It's the same here. The other thing, like, as well, you know, like, Aquaman, like, the a lot of people were like, <laughs> when they're underwater and stuff, the hair's a bit weird, and, like, stuff just doesn't look right, and they sort of float in place and stuff like that. Aquaman. With... <laughs> <laughs> With this, they replace like because it's all it's all CGI for the most part. The way that everything has weight and the way that hair it's just so fucking good looking in terms of like the quality of the CGI and the quality of the, the, the film. And so you know I mentioned high frame rate before. 
There are scenes within scenes where certain aspects will be in a high frame rate and other aspects won't. And it looks incredible. They must not be changing the... When you say aspects, you're not talking them changing the aspect ratio because I'm not... No, not, not aspect that ratio. Shit. No, the high, mm. high frame rate stuff. So when I say aspects, certain assets on screen will be high frame rate, but then other parts that are on screen won't. I don't think... I don't and the way they do that is they double the frames for the 24 frame per second part of the image, but then have the high frame rate on the moving, on certain things moving. Yeah. And it really works. And it's and it's the kind of thing because I saw one of the Hobbit movies in high frame rate because that was what was showing in London at the time when I was away in London. Yeah, and oh, it was yeah, it was London. I was thinking it might have been Brighton, but I don't think Brighton has a cinema where they do high frame rate stuff. I think it was London. No one does anymore. Fucking. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was either the Hobbit or Gemini Man. I can't remember which one it how was. That, how does James Cameron expect friggin' Avatar to be released on Blu-ray because yeah, no one is, has a 3D Blu-ray now. This is Blu-ray the weird now. thing. So this was the other thing. 3D that, TV. So I um earlier today I was listening to Blank Check. You know the Griffin, Griffin. What's his name? The guy who played uh, Arthur in the Tick, the live-action series. Yeah, yeah. He has a podcast called Blank Griff- Check. Was, um, Griffin McElroy. Yeah, wasn't he did a thing? I can't yeah. remember. Um, but basically, he's he was talking about um he was talking about going to see this. They were really excited to see this, and they had a different response to it they thought it was like quite a moving film and i just didn't get that it felt very artificial at times but like it like i say it's a spectacle movie it's incredible uh but there was um a thing he was saying was like how are we meant to fucking watch this james cameron are we meant to watch the whole thing in high frame rate are we meant to watch in imax are we meant to watch in dolby digital whatever because they've got dolby vision over there mm. and they've got fsr over there and then they've got different projector types like how do you watch this film as intended and if the answer is you've got to go to a cinema that's only located in four places around the entirety of the world. It's like Gemini Man again, isn't it? Where yeah. that was really high frame rate, standard, uh, no, high definition. You can't even get the, the proper version. No. Because was it 120 frames per second is the frame rate for the full version that was they wanted? It really? But the Blu ray only goes up to 60. Fucking hell. Yeah. So you can't, you can't. Well, it's a good thing it wasn't a good movie. Yeah, old Griffin Newman. What was he in? He's All in sorts of stuff. Yeah, he's in loads of stuff. Yeah, but who was in that one good film, Griff the Invisible? That's what I was getting confused with. Griff the Invisible. Yeah, it's an indie film about an Australian guy who thinks he can turn invisible as a superhero, and that he can pass through walls and stuff. Anyway, Avatar. It somewhere. Avatar really. is. Here's the thing. Silly sci-fi concept aside that makes no sense when you think about any aspect of the film, fine. You know, it's an Avatar movie. It's essentially just fucking uh, surrogates starring Bruce Willis, but done a year later. Surrogates! Yeah, remember that? That film should have been longer. <laughs> it was 85 minutes long and you could tell it was hacked to yeah, pieces. Yeah, you can. Um, I feel like there was like a somewhat decent sci-fi thing in there somewhere. This, but... is, this, this film is, like yeah. I said, it's the equivalent of really high-quality junk food. It's like... Going to a restaurant and getting like an eight hundred pound fucking not in weight but eight hundred pound in in value uh, cheese sandwich, like it's the most expensive cheese. Oh, so you've gone Salt Bay's restaurant, have you? Yeah, it's like the most expensive cheeses and the best bread you could possibly buy. It's the it's- Mexicana cheese they do in Waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the kind of thing that you can only experience a certain way, and you know that's what you're going in for. It's not fine dining. Because it's just a cheese sandwich, but it is the best cheese sandwich you could ever fucking have. Uh, the best That's cheese it. sandwich you could have, right? Shut up! No! A slice of... No! Cathedral City cheddar, right? 
And you put, know, you know, like right. Put some McCoys on top. Sometime, of Sometimes, sometimes learned experience is really useful in this in disseminating a point. Saying a sandwich that costs you two pound fifty to make would be the equivalent of an eight hundred pound sandwich with cheese put- cheese farted on by virgin nuns six hundred years ago that was hidden in a cave and tastes like petals drifting <laughs> on the summer sky. What's cathedral sitting? <laughs> You don't want it too posh for you. Or do you want like fucking like what's that other one? Cathedral City, yeah. the Morrison's own brand stuff or something. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Look, Dara Lee, you're gonna put Dara Lee on your sandwich. I'm gonna give this film slices a Cape Blanchett. Yeah, beautiful, classy affair, but that plot is just lacking. Cape Blanchett's got a good plot. Cape Blanchett has some fantastic movies. Just there's. There's some of that shit in there. Some of that shit just done for money. Shitty movies. Ocean's 8 comes to mind. Which is actually fine. I forgot there were Avatar toys. Yeah, there were. Yeah, yeah I completely they had, forgot. They had Jake Sully face changers. Oh, sweet. You can figure, figure that face would change the Avatar face. Oh. He'd be like, I'm Jake Sully. Oh. I, someone's telling me the other day that um, Animorphs had nothing to do with Transformers. What are they talking about? And I'm like, the the Animorphs toy line was yeah, Transformers. a Transformers toy line. Why not they just repurpose Beast Wars designs? No, no, they the first range was all just figures made for Animorphs. Oh, okay. They branded it with Transformers, but the toy line did not do very well because the figures are hideous homunculuses. So yeah, everybody has a big chest. Beast Wars arms. the next year yeah. had a range called Mutants, oh. and what they did is they took the human parts out of the figures yeah. and redesigned them, so they would just have like a weird mutant animal form because oh, cool. the animals figures were going to be like hybrid animals or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that became Beast Wars Mutants toys. No. They just took the human up, but I do want some animals figures. I want to get a Trirex. I have the Game Boy game. No, oh, it's an RPG. It's not bad. When's when's James Cameron going to do an Animorphs film? James Cameron. Avatar's done. You got the third one. Is it's I think you should make years. Avatar The Last Airbender afterwards. The, <laughs> no, they're making that a series, aren't they? No, just get him to make the Avatar. Did you see that... Um, what's his name? The guy who directed uh, Midnight Mass has done... Um, he's got the Dark Terror Amazon. Huh? He's making the Dark Terror Amazon. I don't know what is. Dark Terror, the Stephen King... Oh, Dark Terror. You yeah. said Dark Terror. No, Dark Tower. I don't care about Dark Tower. You don't care about Dark Tower? No. Is Matthew McConaughey going to be in it? No. Is um, Idris Elba going to do yes. bullet maths? Yes. Or whatever the fuck he, he was doesn't do it. bullet maths. His guns are made from the sword of Michael. No. It makes so much more sense yeah, but than he what like you said. does all sorts of like No, they're just bullets off So they're really shit. good at firing bullets. Yeah, he never misses. No. And he has crazy reloads. He yeah. does all those showy reloads, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's because he's good at reloading. Doesn't if, he throw the bullets in the air and then catch them all in the barrel of the gun or some shit like that? Does that sort of thing. Why would he do that? Because he's really good at reloading. He has magical reloads he does, doesn't he? Doesn't he do things where he's like flicking the bullets straight into the gun Just barrel? digging yourself into a hole by saying a black guy's got magic, has he? Does he ever shoot the gun sideways? Yes. Of course he's black. <laughs> it's gangster style. No, um... I reckon Idris Elba should come back because he was good. <clears throat> well, they never did anything else with Dark Tower because, like, they were gonna do a series. Because at, at the end time. of it, chapter two, there's that post-credit scene where um, where Matthew McConaughey turns up and says, "Ah, Pennywise, you think you're the only? 
Ah, goes in this Hitler, little... I've got some new I want to meet you. And he's... if you listen carefully, he's like singing a rhyme, and it's the Tommy yeah. Knockers song. Oh right, yeah. Tommy, one late last night and the night before. Do you know what series? Tommy I... Knockers, Tommy Knockers, knocking on my door. Someone mentioned the other day, Storm of the Century. Do you remember that Stephen no. King series? No. It was on Channel Four. No. Around the same time as Kingdom was out, you know, Lars von Trier oh, yeah. hospital thing. Stephen King had a kingdom as well. Did he? Yeah, there's two hospital. There's oh. two really. Isn't it both? I'm sure he has one called Kingdom Hospital or something. I thought that, that was the. The last one Trier did, I think. I thought that was the last one Trier one. But yeah, but there's a not. Stephen King one. Is there? I'm sure there is. Anyway, Storm of the Century was just about like a vampire that came to town and killed a bunch of kids. That's oh, sweet. Yeah. Like Salem's Lot. No, Salem's Lot is vampires, isn't it? Yeah. That's Storm Stephen of the Century's one, vampire. Salem's Lot's vampires, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Stephen King? Yeah. Stephen King also did Chapelweight, which I reviewed a few weeks ago. It's really good. Isn't there a Maximum Overdrive reference in Dark Tower as well? Don't you see the There's the a reference truck? to everything. No, Pennywise is mentioned in it as well. Like, everything's mentioned in Dark Tower. Like, because it's... So, Dark Tower is essentially, like, the universe after everything's gone to shit. It's, like, set in the future. So, a Green Mile reference? Yeah. Do you see Tom Hanks pissing? No, he sees a pot of coffee. Oh, oh a pot of coffee. <laughs> yeah. John what coffee. reference? What John coffee. What a fucking... <laughs> No, you just need to go past Tom Hanks having a piss. He's anyway. like, ah, oh, fuck, I ain't pissed in years, mate. <laughs> it was fucking... Geordie Tom Hanks. Yeah, big black dude Oh, fuck, him. I ain't pissed in fucking moths. <laughs> yeah. I got fucking piss up me, fuck. Yeah, for Sam Rockwell, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah. Um, Avatar 2. If you, I mean, I think the right people are excited to see this, because there's a lot of people that do want to see this. I didn't think that Avatar had that big a following, but, like, it's doing no, well. It's... Bunch of weird. Yeah. A lady once got in a strop at me at HMV because I said I didn't think Avatar was the best film ever made. Not that I didn't like it loads or anything. Just, just that, that I didn't think it was the best film. But she she was like, he doesn't know anything. He shouldn't be working here. He shouldn't. That she was calling for me to be fired for not liking. And then you stood up to her, and everyone in the room clapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, my manager just like looked at a weird. No, okay, yeah, he's got did bad I, opinions. Did yeah. I ever tell you about the, the Christmas, the Christmas shift I had to do when I worked in Curry's? It's all threw a fucking three DS at my head. It might have been a two a, a DS. They threw a three DS at my head, like so. No, basically, yes, you're not sure. <coughs> I can't remember which one it was. That's the important part. So after after Christmas, her kids had broken it. All right, and she tried to return it, and it looked like it had been trodden on. And I was like, okay, what happened? And she was like, it broke. And I was like, oh, I can see that. But like, do you have a receipt? She's like, no, but I bought it here. And I was like, okay, we'll just have a look for you. Oh, I can't find you on the system. She's like, oh, I bought it here. I paid cash, so maybe I'm not on there. And I was like, well, no, you have to put in your address when you buy it. Did you get a warranty? She goes, it comes with a warranty. Why would I get a warranty? And I was like, I'm afraid we can't take this back unless you've got the receipt. She goes, why would I keep the receipt for a present? I was like, what? In case it breaks. What do you want me to do here? Yeah. And she was just like, I want you to take it back and give me a fucking new one. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so she was just like, huh. And she just threw it down on the thing and it bounced up and hit me in the fucking head. So? Yeah, well, the police got called. Yeah. Because she refused to leave. You should have just told her the warranties with Nintendo. Because <laughs> it is. My uncle works there. He was well, no, she couldn't have gotten it fucking replaced anyway. If she had told them what happened to it, the kid basically had like done what kids do, just opened it and it snapped. Yeah, kids uh, really get loads then brought into yeah. HMV all the time. And then she was trying to get a refund for it, and she didn't buy it there. I reckon it was nicked. Yeah. Mm. yeah. She's such a cunt. Yeah, the police did get called, but the police got called because she refused to leave because I wasn't going to hand her the DS. And by that point, I was bleeding anyway, so I was just like, it's going to stay here. You got cut by a DS? Yeah. 
Finn's it was skin. proper fucking thrown at me. Anyway, Elon Musk is still losing the poll. Is he still losing the poll? Yeah. Has it, the numbers gone up yet? So by the time this is published, Elon Musk might be gone from Twitter. Oh, that'd be fucking great, man. And Quartering could be running it. And Edward Snowden's also said... Oh, has he? Yeah. Mm. It's just going to be some cunt. Like, at one point it was 50-50, but that was all the way back below one million votes. Yeah. Anyway, say goodbye to the children. Uh, bye everyone thank you very much for listening as always we love you deeply um, Elon Musk is definitely a pedo um, he's just there's something going on there isn't there it's fucking some dark shit he's doing in the background probably he's a billionaire of course oh actually no we'll, we'll just go with an actual known paedophile Matt Walsh is a paedophile there we go yeah, yeah. yeah. he's admitted to me and pedo so we'll just do that yeah. um, as always you can find us back here in two weeks Gary Glitter's getting released from prison soon you want pedos. Yeah, that's true. I know you love them. You're done. <laughs> yes, I'm done. All right, so uh, you can find out at, at uh, Mellow Gaming on YouTube and also Ant's Bot Collection. Um, you can also find him at Wild Wars Hat on Twitter and also LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. That's his alt account where he posts all his lolly memes. Um, and you can find me at Critapocalypse every fucking where. Oh, we can't say that on Twitter anymore, though, can you? What, lolly? No, you're not allowed to link to all your um, other social media on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, apparently. I was going to say, they're not going to stop Lolly. The quarrying's still on there, isn't they? We'll yeah. know when they ban child porn because the quarrying <clears throat> will be off there. Yeah. Anyway, so bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a good week. Oh, have a nice Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. Well, first day of the new year? Well, that, the first New Year's Day would be when we record the um, the end of year special. Oh, yeah, What's going to be film of the year? Banshees of Inisherin, probably. Oh, right. Avatar 2? RRR. Oh, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Boy! Bye.